after taking a break, you know, it was our birthdays. We both turned a year older, November 23rd. So happy birthday to us. Yes. So we took a break. We, we took a break, but it, was mostly, it wasn't really because of our birthday break. It was just because our schedules didn't really align. You know, we both got work regular jobs. At least I worked a regular job. And, you know, we, our schedules couldn't really match up. But so we took a week off, but now we're back. It's a sports edition. And it is November 30th edition of the Sports Edition, estimated November 23. It was our birthdays, and I still have a PS5 in my room. So what's going on, people? But I am Shay, and my host is JC. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, uh, happy belated birthday. I didn't even say that to you. We'll happy belated birthdays to yeah. you, too. Thank you. Happy belated birthday to you, too. Yeah, I hope you had a, a wonderful birthday uh, being a year older now. 26, 7, 8, Oh, man. I wish I was. 95? 28, 28. I'm getting closer to there. Getting oh, closer wow. To there. The, the big three O's around the corner there for you, huh? I know. I know. I know. I know. But how old are you? You're 26, right? 26. 26. 26. Okay. I remember Probably, when I was 26. Yeah. Tw- <laughs> shut up. Uh, uh, 26. I, I, you know, I have to ask you this before we get started. Um, 26 has got to be one of the most depressing birthdays of all time. And here's why. Here's my explanation for it. I feel like 26 is the most irrelevant birthday because 26, you realize you're on the back nine, right? There's no going back into your early teens. It's like your athletic prime. Yeah, your athletic prime is like right around the corner. You know what I mean? And then after that, it's kind of over. And then on top of that, it's an odd number, which odd number birthdays kind of suck. I don't know if you feel the same way about 26. 26, man. It's just such a bad number. It's It's like who? It's even. It's an even number, though. Oh, yeah, it is. See, it makes you stupider. His <laughs> birthday just makes you dumber. And uh, yeah, I don't know any famous athletes who ever wore their jersey at number twenty-six. Not even in football, which they wear every number. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, look how that turned out. And uh, true. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just an overall just not a great birthday. Just not great. Twenty-six. I mean, to be fair, mine was mine was fantastic. All I did was eat red velvet cake and watch cartoons. So I mean, it got to feel like a sixth grader again. But how do you feel? How do you feel about the 26, 27, you know, birthdays? Uh, man, irrelevant birthdays, I guess we can start calling them. Well, how do you feel? 26 did make me realize I was past 25 and I was no longer in my early 20s anymore. And I was getting closer to my late 20s. And now as I'm currently in my late 20s, um, yeah, life is moving too fast. Life is moving too, too fast. And um, I hate how you said you actually enjoyed your birthday because my 28th birthday, just to be perfectly honest with you guys, possibly was the, the most worst birthday of all time, like in wow. terms of that day, celebrating wow. that day, like easily the worst. Why? Because I had to work. I had to work. I had to, oh. I had to go to my first day at work at my birthday, an overnight job. Yeah, doing manual labor for my birthday well top five things you should have did was maybe say hey instead of my start date being on my birthday maybe my start date is the day after my birthday maybe you should have thought that through but they told me everybody had to come in at november 23rd and i didn't want to say like oh i can't come in because it's my birthday i, I didn't want to be like that person so i was just like you know what let me just suck it up and celebrate another day but after that i kind of had my regrets and yeah, then well. 
I'm not even working that job anymore. So it kind of was like all for nothing. Yeah. So it's kind of just like a double whammy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. So, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy your birthday. That actually is kind of depressing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. It's all right. But but maybe, maybe I see it this way. You know what? Mm-hmm. I possibly have my, one of my worst days, my, my, my worst birthday ever, just so every day after that birthday could be better than that. That oh. That's how I'm looking at it. Every day after that birthday could be better than that day because that day was so horrible that they were so shitty. So every day after that day could be better. So that so that's how I planned it out. That's, that's how a, I planned it out. That's a very Joel Olstein thing of you to say. <laughs> that was very nice of you to have a great outlook. Good for you. You know what? Good for you. Turn your negative, horrible birthday into a positive. There you go. Just for reference, though, I had to work too. And uh, but granted, my job sucks a lot worse. Uh, sucks. A lot less. A lot less. Us. A lot yeah. less. Significantly less, I would say. Yes, for that, I probably do need to get your job for that reason. Thomas. But yeah, um, yeah, doing uh, working at a warehouse. Like, look, I don't mind manual labor, but it's a tough just job. doing that on the on my birthday. Yeah, it's a tough job. It's a tough job, especially when. We were talking about athletic primes. I'm at 28. I feel like I'm already well past my athletic prime. I feel like my athletic prime was was 17 years old when I was on the football team oh, and I weighed no. 220 pounds of muscle. Well, how much? Are That's you when I feel out? like that question. was my athletic prime. How much are you working out though? How much every day? Because of uh, you know, play football in the south, they take it seriously. So we literally worked out at, well at least Monday through Friday every, and sometimes on Saturdays too. So like yeah, we worked out like almost every day. Man, you can't be, so you because can't of be that, in your prime that early in your life, you can't be in your prime that early. That's way too early. That's, but that's too how early. that's how it felt like because after after I left the football team, I did not want to be that swole anymore, that big. So I just lost my weight, and then I tore my ACL too. So my athletic prime was before the ACL tear. And the well, ACL yeah. tear happened like at eighteen. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Well, yeah, with that ACL tear, it's going to be tough for you to make it to the next level. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, that's a record. That's tough. I'm about to say, I kind of know how Burrow feels because I don't have an MCL either. So, yeah, I already um, know how ACL and MCL I don't have any of that. Yeah, should we go ahead and just uh, let's well, let's go ahead and start there. I mean, right, let's just go ahead and put our piece up for Joe Burrow and uh, Daniel Jones as well, who I believe also had like an hamstring injury, also. But Joe Burrow's knee is. Um, gone from existence, would you say? Would you say his knee is just done? Really, it, it, it reminds me of that Carson Palmer injury for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals way back when, I believe. Shout. What I, just, I forgot about, yeah, that. yeah. He shout. and Carson Palmer before that injury was like the third best quarterback in the NFL be- behind Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I would say so, and then he got hurt. But it's back to the Cincinnati Bengals organization, so they think, uh, like, look, Joe Burrow. It was a franchise caliber talent, a clear franchise caliber talent. Mm-hmm. And I felt like during his rookie year, he proved that he was even better than everybody thought he was, at least yeah. so early, without even a preseason. Yeah. And the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals let him go out there without addressing their offensive line was a big problem. He was always getting hit. And then eventually, one of those many hits that he got during this rookie year just turned out to be the hit that makes him done for the season and possibly part of next season as well. All yeah. because he did not address their offensive line. And I'm yeah. mad about that. 
Yeah, um, also, just going to throw this out there, I believe that is the third or fourth uh, major injury to a starting quarterback in the NFL this season. So, karma for not taking COVID protocols? I would say so. But um, <laughs> just, yeah, it's a, it's a really depressing thing to think about because on one hand, it's like, yeah, Cincinnati 100% needed to address their, uh, their O-line but on the flip side of that, it's like everybody's offensive line is getting worse. And what kind of offensive line help are you going to get out there in free agency during, uh, like, you know, this normal period? So to me, it's kind of like, a, yeah, they should have taken better care of it. But at the same time, it's like, what more can you do? You know what I mean? So I feel like it was kind of a don't, tough thing for it. Easy. What, what a lot of teams don't. What a lot of teams do when they don't have a good offensive line, play a different quarterback until you get a good one. And then you play your prize possession. <laughs> Even though, even though Joe Burrow is way too good to be denied, I get, I He's get that. But that offense, but that offensive line was terrible. Like, look what the San Francisco 49ers did when they got Jimmy Garoppolo. When they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, did they play Jimmy Garoppolo immediately? No, they played the crash test dummy C.J. Beathard because they know their offensive line was trash, and they didn't want to play Jimmy Garoppolo behind that offensive line, so they played another quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. Um... Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, the, the only thing that I would say to that is Joe Burrow is like way better than Jimmy. Yeah, but before that, Jimmy but Garoppolo, no, no, he is. He's definitely yeah. is. But before Jimmy Garoppolo played for San Francisco, we all had a better opinion of Jimmy Garoppolo. So sure. they had the opinion that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be a star. But they were like, you know what? We're not going to play Jimmy Garoppolo behind this offensive line. We're going to play C.J. Beathard until this offensive line becomes better. Until we address this offensive line. Right. Um, Do you think Joe Burrow comes back the same? That's been one question that has been asked around there. I I would. The thing is. It's a tough injury. You know what? It is a tough injury, but I'm, I'm glad it's not an Achilles injury. True. Because you can prove. It, it you can it's proven they could come back the same if not even a better player than you were before after getting a knee injury but just the type of ACL tear he's had mm-hmm. and just the ligaments is damage is isn't it almost similar to what Teddy Bridgewater had um Teddy and um what you call it what's his name for the NBA Sean Livingston similar injury Sean Livingston Sean oh Livingston no Sean tore... Livingston was worse because he got both knees oh yeah he got both knees and he also tore his meniscus on top of all ligaments he only got his acl and his mcl joe burrow did so um yeah yeah it's yeah it's a tough one because to me if it was just the acl i think me and you would agree it doesn't really like it matters because your quarterback got injured but it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things he would have came back but it's that mcl on top of that and on top of that his meniscus got strained it didn't tear but it got strained so that to me is kind of like i don't know but i feel like if anybody can do it uh, I would say he has the work ethic. He has the work ethic, man. Nobody goes from a fifth round prospect to starting for LSU and taking a franchise to the national championship game. Not a lot of kids can do that, and I, I think Joe Burrow will be fine. Personally, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and this, and I'm look. I'm not a doctor, and I still don't know much <laughs> about the injuries. Should have prefaced, but that I think. <laughs> Yeah, but I've heard from a, I think, I don't know, I think a doctor said this on TV or something, that an MCL is actually not that, if you lose an MCL, it's not going to affect you that much. No, it's not. That's what I've heard. I don't know. 
No, it's not a yeah, major so injury. Actually, if you tear that, your the MCL, MCL is not that serious. Yeah, if you tear your MCL, you're actually only out for like four months ish, which is pretty surprising since it's a knee injury, but it's not that serious. And the and the and the thing and the thing is, you could play without an MCL. You can play without an MCL, so that's that that one is possible. So you know what? Since like it looks scary. I mean, the thing with ACL injuries, though, to come back to the way you were, yeah. it takes about two years. About two years. I mean, yeah. he's going to come back next year, but he probably won't be the same. But about two years for him to, fo- to fully get that confidence and get that knee strong. He has to work on that hamstring, of course, because when you get an ACL injury, you got to work on your hamstring mm-hmm. to make your hamstring stronger so you can use part of your hamstring tendon to make a new ACL. Yeah. So he, so it's going to take about two years for him to 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 get together his mobility is going to be affected during the first year but yeah i think if it was someone else then probably like no like they probably they probably could wouldn't come back the same but since it's a guy with the work ethic of joe burrow i think he'll come back fine it's just more of i just don't, i don't think he's gonna have david carr syndrome because he's also joe burrow and he's extremely confident yeah but I just don't want him to have David Carr syndrome and he comes back, he's just seeing ghosts and is scared of pass rushers who aren't there. But I don't think that's going to happen to Joe Burrow. But yeah. Cincinnati, just address your offensive line. And, yeah, and that field, too. That fi- They need a new field. Because how many <laughs> – well, Alex Smith got hurt. Is it, was it, not Alex Smith, but someone it else got hurt Smith. in that same field. Um, it was, But someone else got hurt in that field. Yeah, I don't know. Alex Smith got too. hurt in, in – in a Washington's field, but they, yes. they also need to get replaced as well. Yeah, that 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 field needs to be removed ASAP. Um, the Washington field, but um, yeah, I agree. Um, I actually kind of think this is a good thing for the Bengals organization in a in a, in a very odd way. Because um, this offensive line class that's coming in here, it's it's not it's not great, but um, in the first three rounds, you can definitely get somebody usable. And I think that the Bengals have the third pick in the draft as of right now. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're what are they three and seven, two and seven, or two and uh, eight, they're I mean? three. There, I think they're three and eight now. Three and eight now, yeah. So they I should have so. like the third pick in the draft. I think that's you can get a great offensive lineman right there because we know that um, Trevor Lawrence is going one to the Jets, and um, I think the Jags are like one and nine, mm. and uh, they're taking and, quarterback. And, and you know what though? Because if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm watching. Um, Joe Burrow, that that would reassure me that I'm gonna I'm gonna threaten the Jets and not draft me for for reasons like that because of incompetent incompetent organizations getting franchise players and messing up their careers. The Jets have only really been incompetent since the butt fumble, though. Honestly, because the year before that, they made the AFC Championship game. The year before, yeah, that was one year. Yeah, no, that the year before year. that, they were great. The year before that, they were good. I think they won. I think they were like uh, they came I, second I think in their division. Great the turn. Yeah, yeah, because it was first. Yeah, no, yeah, no. They came second in the division, and then they went all the way to the AFC Championship game. I think that the Jets are not that bad of an organization. I really don't. I think that they're they're the top of their organization needs help. I think that they need to get the GM and obviously Adam out of there. But after that, I don't think that the Jets are really that that, that bad. I actually don't even think that they're that bad off. Now, because it's like you already lost everything. Now it's just time to rebuild your team, like once again. That's how, that's how I feel. I think that, um, especially as a quarterback, to say I'm not going here, it's like where else are you going to go? Like honestly, not a lot of teams need quarterbacks anymore. Yeah, Jacksonville, no. Jacksonville, like no. You don't want to go there either. I, 
I would want to. Go, I would love to go to Jacksonville. I would love to go to Jacksonville. What do you mean, Jacksonville? You would? Yeah, I do. I would love to go to a rebuilding organization. As a as a player, I would love to go because if you rebuild that organization by yourself, you are the shit. <laughs> like if Joe, like imagine this: Joe Burrow goes to the Super Bowl with the Jets. You you have to be like he's Aaron Rodgers. But, You'd have to. But also, if you go into an organization and they just fire a coach every two years and you never have any stability in your organization, and then that messes up your career yeah, but then you you're just not the become, same organization. Yeah, then, you could be Sam Darnold. Or you could be Baker. Baker's not that – well, Baker is Baker himself better. is not that good, but the team is great. Like, the Browns yeah, have won to the playoffs Baker's for a game, years. Baker's a game manager. He is a game manager, but could you imagine if, like – like, the Browns were awful, what, four years ago, right? The Browns were terrible four years ago. Five, five years ago, they were terrible. And then all of a sudden, Baker comes there. They fire five coaches, but they have all this talent around them because everybody was incompetent. That could be the Jets. That could be the Jags. That could be either of these teams. I mean, the Jags were great three years ago. They made the AFC Championship game, and then they traded half the roster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these teams, yep, the I remember teams, that. teams get great out of nowhere all the time. That's why I like. That's why I never understood the. I'm not going here. I can understand like, like when Bo Jackson did it. When Bo was like, "I'm not going here," it's because that that organization disrespected them as a person. He said, "Fuck you, I'm not going there." Um, I think it was the 49ers instead of Oakland. Uh, but like, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you're just saying, "Hey, I don't want to go here because you guys are bad." Like, there's only about seven teams in the NFL right now that like need it's a quarterback. Not, but it's not. It's not even just that. Well, at least with the Jets. It's not even just that. Like, they've had – they drafted quarterbacks for how long now? And they've all been bust. Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold. Yeah, exactly. They've all been bust. Exactly. And now you're finally because, getting your franchise quarterback. What could that do? But to me, it's not because of their lack of talent because I think both guys were talented. It's because the organizations – well, I mean, well, Sam Darnold is. I don't know about Mark Sanchez. But, yeah. but it's because the organizations did not know how to use them. They had so many different coaches, no continuity, and it messed up their careers. It did, but, I mean, listen, Miami wasn't in a great spot a couple of years ago either. Miami was in a pretty similar position – to a lot of these other teams that are really bad. And then they get Brian Flores, and then all of a sudden everybody's calling them the, the sleeper team of the year. It only takes a good coach and a good quarterback. Well, That's also, all it takes. Well, also because they they learned from the Sam Presti school of acquiring draft picks and got every single draft pick known to man at one point. That's true. And, and uh, to be fair, in Miami's position, Miami drafted for what they knew that they wanted to do, which was defense every single year. Every first-round pick was a defensive player. And then they were like, all right, I think we're good enough now. Let's go ahead and get a quarterback. It's like, yeah, that organization did the right thing in terms of rebuilding everything. But but teams go through stages of being really bad, and then they get really good. New England was not a good organization until Tom Brady got there. They were not that good. <laughs> they were horrible. And then they get 20 years of a dynasty. We weren't horrible. We had Drew Y'all Bledsoe. Were shit. Okay. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. No championships. No. I, did y'all have any Super Bowl appearances? No, right? I'm not dissing you. I'm just, I'm just asking. Uh, not, not, no, not in my lifetime prior. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the Patriots. The Patriots were literally a laughing stock of an organization 30 years ago. Like I know that for a fact that they were a laughing stock. And then you get Bill Belichick, and then you get Tom Brady, and then you rattle off a 20 year dynasty. That can happen with any team, with any team. The Eagles won the fucking Super Bowl. 
the Eagles of all the franchises, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And and even like looking at it now, like Carson should have been benched for Jalen Hurts about two weeks ago, and Doug Peterson's not that good of a coach. Like we realize we realize that now. So any of these organizations can become great. It just takes the personnel to get there and to lead the right team. The Jets just haven't had that yet. I don't think you can blame it on the organization. I don't think that you can just say, don't go here because this organization is trash. Because organizations can become trashed and gold in an instant. That's how I feel personally. Look at the Bulls. The Bulls are another prime example. They were garbage for years. Boom. Michael Jordan. So do you believe Cleveland, the Knicks can become a good LeBron organization James. with James Dolan? If the Knicks got LeBron James, yes. <laughs> like, that's all it takes. But LeBron just, James will never go there because No, I'm of saying James if they Dolan. drafted a LeBron James. That's what it takes. It takes drafting a guy to come to your organization and be like, you know what? You're great. <laughs> That's no seriously. Look at Jordan. Jordan didn't want to play for Chicago, but he went there anyway, and he put put his head down and became the goat. Same thing with LeBron. LeBron, do you think LeBron wanted to go to? Maybe LeBron wanted to go to Cleveland because that's his hometown I mean, that's team. That's his home. That's, that's his, home his hometown state. team. But do you think LeBron would have been mad like at all if he got drafted by Charlotte or whoever else was bad at the time? No, he would have been there and he would have made them one of the best teams of all time. That's what you do as an organization. You just got the best guy available, and as a player. You put your head down and you fucking go there and you ball. Just like Trevor Lawrence did. Like, not Trevor Lawrence, but uh, Joe Burrow. Like, a lot of people were saying Joe Burrow was overrated. Then he goes to the Bengals, and the Bengals look like they have a fucking future. Now they don't because his knee is gone. But, you know, two weeks ago, I felt pretty good about the Bengals. I felt good about the Bengals' future. Did you not? Did you not feel good about the Bengals' future? I I felt good about the Bengals' future, but I was always worried they why they're, they're playing him with no offensive line. They didn't draft yeah. offensive linemen during that draft after Joe Burrow. And I yeah. was always worried about that. And look what happened. Yeah, that's fair. And um, I think there was 40-something linemen taken in last year's draft. They should have definitely taken somebody. I'm not saying that. But I feel like this upcoming draft, I mean, if they get the pieces, I mean, I, mean, I don't want to speak for you, but you're going to say that the Bengals are in a good position to start winning games if they get the best lineman in the draft and then they get some free agent signings and build not the best offensive line, but like a decent, a top 15 offensive line, which they could definitely do in the next two years. You'd be like, they're, they're set. They, they should be, they should yeah. be. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But now it's just all up to, to Joe Burrow and just hopefully he just not scarred by it. I'm telling you, man, Joe Burrow is, I don't even think Joe Burrow, I think in this, uh, new like the way we're seeing the nfl and quarterbacks kind of move obviously you need a little bit more uh mobility but honestly just seeing what tom is doing like tom has zero athleticism now and he's still like a top 15 quarterback week in and week out for joe burrow joe burrow is like not tom brady smart but he's pretty fucking close he's as close as you can get and he doesn't need his athleticism that, to be great for really his doesn't. age yeah yeah so i think he's gonna be fine because i don't think he needs all the mobility in order to be a great quarterback in my personal opinion i feel like that mobility though helps them in a pocket no for sure that's i think that's one of burrow's greatest strengths is mobility in the pocket yeah so that's definitely going to be affected but like i said i think joe burrow is going to be fine this is going to take him two years because i feel like for injuries like that it's going to be two years before you, you can be back a hundred percent or unless you're adrian peterson and you can be back in six months and get a 2,000-yard season. Yeah, I agree. Rushing yards. Yeah, I agree. We're, we'll just have to um, 
we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to the to the Bengals. I think I think he should be back. Hopefully, full strength halfway through next year. That's that's my guess. Halfway through next year, full year, he should be good. I I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, so um, since since we are talking about ACL tears, we get to switch over to the NBA. Talk about <laughs> the Golden State Warriors and Clay Thompson yeah. getting uh, another serious injury, an Achilles injury, and yeah. So what are the Warriors' hopes? The Warriors look like they could have been competing for a championship again if Clay Thompson did not get hurt. Get James Wiseman and go back to to possibly fighting the Lakers for uh and the Clippers for that top spot in the West. Mm-hmm. But now they look like a team that that could make the playoffs. I really believe they still the could make the playoffs, They're but the playoffs. but not like a top seed. More like around the Blazers. Like more like on the Blazers level or Memphis level of making the playoffs where they just make the playoffs but not a top seed. Just more of the bottom seeds. So yeah. um, how do you feel the Warriors' outlook so far? Drafting James Wiseman, which at first, it looked like it could have been a final piece for a championship run. But yeah. Now it looks like a rebuilding piece for the yeah. future. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I've talked about it a billion times. The Wiseman was just the perfect piece, just to like, like, all right, we're doing another run. Like he was just like the perfect piece to slot in there to just be like, all right, this is what a championship run is like, and then Wiseman, you know, take over the future. I thought that that was kind of the setup, um, but now. With Clay, I mean, uh, this kind of goes back into like how dynasties like rise and fall out of nowhere, and I think that this is this is the domino piece where where I, for me at least, I'm like the Warriors dynasty is done with with this injury personally because this is back to back major injuries for Clay. Clay will have not played for two years once once he comes back from injury, and uh, I agree with you. I they're gonna make the playoffs. I don't see them being any higher than six, maybe five, but I have to go through the through the um, through the rankings again. I think they'll probably finish five more than likely, uh, just going off the top of my head. But um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough because I really thought that they were they had a really good chance matchup wise to compete with the Nuggets, and um, I don't think that the Clippers are going to make this crazy run like everybody else does. I'm kind of out on the Clippers, and I. Th- I thought that they had the pieces to, to compete with LeBron. I didn't think that they were going to be LeBron because I think that they needed a more experienced big than Wiseman for a first-year run um, to compete with Anthony Davis. But, um, yeah, it's just tough because now uh, – I guess I'll throw it back to you. Um, how do you feel about the, the Warriors dynasty going forward? Because I really don't see a way for them to get back with the age and the experience that a lot of the, these guys have, where do you, where do you see this going forward? Especially with like Kelly Oubre as like their main number two guy offensively. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think their dynasty is over. Um, I did see this on Twitter and I completely agree that uh, Clay Thompson's like past two injuries is kind of similar to what happens at the Marcus Cousins. And that yeah. the Marcus Cousins just got hurt back to back, and then when he came, comes back, he wasn't the same player anymore. I think that's going to be um, Clay Thompson's trajectory. I mean, Clay Thompson is a, a shooter, an elite shooter, so I feel like when he comes back, he's still at least going to become a at least a good bench contributor. It's probably probably still a starter, but that All Star player, I don't know unless 
yeah. unless his like movement is completely undeterred. But then again, it's an Achilles injury. We see yeah. when Achilles injury does the players. Um, the jury's still out on Kevin Durant because we haven't seen him play yet. Um, the Warriors. I, I think Kelly Oubre is a little bit better than giving credit for, but like, yeah, I still feel like the highest they could get is sixth. Um, still, Steph Curry, look, he's going to have to prove, like, you know what? This is why I was MVP over LeBron James. Yeah. Because this is definitely his team right now offensively. So he is going to have to make it work. But the thing is, I think Steph Curry benefits from having other deadly shooters, other offensive threats with him just so he can get open from three. But but now he's going to be more tasked with creating his own shot. He won't get as many great looks from threes because he doesn't have another equally elite offensive threat from three, such as a Clay Thompson on that lineup anymore. And I've then seen this. Um, I, I, they, I mean, Clay Thompson got hurt after he got signed, but if what if Warriors signed Steph Curry's brother, Seth Curry. I think that could have been the Jesus closest Christ. replacement, at least in terms of three-point shooting. Defense yeah. would be another story. Defense that over, would that yeah. would definitely that would definitely help their offense in getting Steph Curry to get the the looks he's had. But yeah, defensively it's gonna be horrible. But then again, like their brothers, they look almost alike. They still got Curry on their back. You, you they they can run some plays will get you confused like which one is Steph? Which one is Steph? Or Something I don't know. Gavs have yeah. Steph wear the headband too, so so you won't even know which one is which. Yeah, I mean, listen, if they would have signed Seth as like a bench guy, I would have been like that. That is one of the greatest signings I've ever seen. <laughs> I swear to God, that would have been that would have been amazing. But I really don't think that they want to play on the same team as each other. I really don't think they want want that like at all. But um, yeah, technically I, I, they were on the same team. Technically, oh yeah, because he played for the same. Yeah, Seth when he first came. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot about that. Him and um, Clay's brother actually played on that team too. Fun fact. Yeah, they were called the G League uh, Splash Brothers. Fun fact. But um, yeah, what a run though for Golden State over the past what's five years, six years, six years, twenty fourteen, right? I believe is when they started becoming like yeah, a real it was definitely it was definitely definitely one for the history books but yeah, yeah so i think that might just be the run it might be over i, I think I, I don't it think has to be over because i think you said it per- yeah i think you hit it perfectly on the head um i think clay is going to lose a lot of things with this achilles injury one he's going to lose a lot of athleticism which means him moving off of screens which is like his bread and yeah. butter that's like that's that's he all he does is yeah he wasn't the most athletic guy as we've seen yeah. but like yeah just his movement off the ball it's going to be seriously affected yeah um but i agree with you he's the second best shooter of all time in in my opinion i've never seen as good of a shooter as him besides steph like wholeheartedly i believe that if he was on his own team he would have been a 25 a game guy i don't think he would have been a championship guy but he would have hit a lot more threes if he was his own man but uh yeah clay clay going down (laughs) like it but it bugs me a lot because um I, I will say I'm stealing this straight from Bill Simmons. I don't know a person who doesn't like Clay. Like who hates Clay? Like even like going back and watching all the all the NBA Finals, all the playoff games. Nobody nobody said anything to Clay. Like Clay doesn't get hot um, at people. He doesn't curse. He doesn't do any of this. All he does well, is like chill and. I don't know if you remember him uh, jarring with uh, LeBron James when Steph Curry and LeBron James was getting into it. Oh, that doesn't count. 
doesn't count. That's just heat of the moment type stuff. Okay. That's not, that's, that's like, okay. let's all just yell at each other for no reason to, to uh, get a couple extra bucks on this airtime at ABC for the NBA finals. But yeah, I don't think like, like clay going down just low key kind of hurts me a lot. Cause I'm not going to lie. I told this to a couple people and I'll say this live for the podcast just so people can criticize me. I wholeheartedly would have taken clay Thompson on the San Antonio Spurs over anybody in the league. If I'm being honest, he's like the perfect fit for our system. Just a guy who doesn't care about anything else but playing basketball and getting, you know, getting championships and winning games. Like, that's my guy. And the fact that he's not going to be in the NBA for another year just fucking, fucking sucks. But at least I have him in 2K21 on my PS5, so I really can't say anything. Uh, You might hate that I'm going to say this, but... I, I think like when Clay Thompson comes back, <laughs> comes back, <laughs> he might be like Kyle Korver on the Hawks in terms of because he's going to be a, lo- a lot more stationary now. So in terms, of, I think that's the production you're going to expect from him. It's probably like those stats. Like he's going to be super efficient, but he, like he's probably not going to provide you anything else at this point other than like just those three point shots. I would say more like the Bulls, Kyle Korver. When he's um nah the Bulls he was too good. Yeah, I'd say the Bulls. I think the Hawks the Hawks was his absolute best to me for Kyle Porter. No, he was the best, that, but um when he was with the Bulls, when he was playing with Derrick Rose, he was literally like standing on the wing and then when Derrick Rose would drive, he would just kind of drift into the corner. That's where I see Clay. I don't see Clay because like Atlanta Hawks Kyle Corver was literally just JJ Reddick but taller. He was literally all he did was sprint like on the back, yeah, that's true. On the baseline, like twenty four seven, him and JJ Redick just do that all the time. And Clay's thing is like standing on the block and then getting a pick down screen and kind of just rolling on the top of the perimeter. But yeah, that the whole running thing with Clay that that that's not happening anymore. So I can't give you Kyle Korver just for that one reason. That that's the only reason why I can't give you Kyle Korver. Okay, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. But yeah, I I expect him to get like twelve to fifteen points a game. I hope when so. he comes back. I really hope so. Yeah. Yeah, because really the thing understand. is, at, at least he's a shooter. Yeah. So like his game is not really affected by athleticism. Like we seen China Clay. China Clay could barely even dunk. China Clay. So can't this dunk. The thing is, <laughs> China he Clay can't. Yeah, can't, he can't. <laughs> not even barely. He can't dunk. But yeah, um, what's mostly going to affect Clay Thompson is just the movement off his screens, just move, moving off the ball. That's really going to affect him the most. Yeah. So we're probably going to see a 20-a-game Clay Thompson anymore, but I still say we'll still see a very useful NBA player coming back from those injuries. I hope he can recover 100% because he is tough. Like, remember when he tore his ACL he and he still came back and played possessions? Like, and I was like, okay, yeah. it can't be an ACL tear if he's doing all that. But then I found out it was an ACL tear. Because, like, my initial thought when he originally tore his ACL it was an ACL tear. Like, I looked at that, and it reminded me of my knee injury. I'm like, that's an ACL tear. But then he came back to the floor, and it had me second-guessing. That can't be an ACL tear then. But, like, that's crazy. If Yeah, if so, he's, he just has elite toughness. So, I don't know. He's tough shit. He, he, might, he might push himself further. But at the same time, I think that could be his own worst enemy, which is why I think he... He injured he himself injured. again because yeah, I, that's why he injured himself. Yeah, because I feel like he wasn't he wasn't even ready. I feel like I feel like he was rushing it. No, apparently, um, according to a lot of sources, for the past like three and a half months, he's been playing like nonstop ball in California, like nonstop, like just playing scrimmages. So 
That's I like, believe it. That's why they believe. That's what that, how they think he tore his uh, tore his Achilles by playing pickup ball in, in Los mean, Angeles. That makes sense. And from what I like, I said, I'm not a doctor. Again, I'm not a doctor. But what I've noticed with a trend with Achilles injuries, it's usually when you overexert your body, yeah. especially when you had a previous injury. It was like same thing with Durant. Durant had already had a previous injury, and he was overexerting his body because he wasn't even ready to play, but he played anyways, and that's yeah. what tore his Achilles. Yeah, so I, I believe it. Yeah, and, sometimes um, you gotta save these athletes from themselves. Sometimes you just gotta yeah. tell them like, no, you can't play. Some mm-hmm. someone someone just probably got like lock them inside to not play. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and um, yeah, to kind of go back on that, it's kind of funny because um, you know KD gets his um, uh, gets the Achilles too, but I feel way more comfortable about KD because like even though I'm not gonna get the defensive um, presence that I was getting on the Warriors, KD, at least I know KD. Um, like you said, doesn't really rely on uh, athleticism. He kind of just has like a three dribble move package, like for every single spot. So I really don't like the like, most skilled seven footer ever. Yeah, because like his whole thing is literally just all right. Let me get the ball at the top of the key. I'm gonna hit you with one move, see how you react, and then I'm gonna hit you with two moves, and then wherever I am, I'm gonna shoot or pass. Like that's all Kevin Durant does, and he can shoot over any human being that ever lived, besides maybe Sean Bradley. But even then, I feel like you could still shoot over him. But then it was a try <laughs> pass. Him. Yeah, true. So. I don't really think that it's going to affect KD like at all because at least he has the dribble moves. But with Clay, it's like Clay, um, you know, he, he gets all of his points from passes, you know, even the 60 point game. How many dribbles did he take that 60 point game? 12? Like the whole game, he took yeah, 12 it was, dribbles. It was, something, it was something like very small, I remember. Yeah. He it was took like, like a very no, small number. He takes no dribbles throughout the entire game. I think that's kind of why I like him because he literally just doesn't take away from anybody else. All he does is run, catch the ball, and if he's open, he shoots it or he passes. Like, he doesn't take any uh, extra dribbles. And I, that's why we love Clay because he is hands down the most unselfish superstar probably since Duncan, honestly. Duncan and Ginobili, he's probably the most un- unselfish superstar there is. But, um, yeah, it, I will say this. I am very intrigued to see if he comes back at decent strength because it's not like Clay is super old. Clay is 31 or 30, 31 or 30. Early thirties, I know that. Early thirties, and like you said, he's a shooter. He could still have a six-year career, probably. Like if he if he if he does the things that more he's supposed that. to do, um, yeah, potentially more than that since he's a shooter. So um, it's I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how um, when he comes back and how good he is when he does. Because I mean, shoot, if he's seventy-five percent of Clay, I don't like even now saying that the dynasty is over. If he's seventy-five percent of Clay. Who knows? Maybe that dynasty isn't over just yet. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And I do want to get back to Kevin Durant. Yeah. Because you did say that he won't be that affected. I don't know about Kevin Durant. Because the thing is, like, like yeah, he, he's so skilled. He just really just dribbles and shoots over you. But I think what's going to be affected with Kevin Durant is his quickness. Because for yeah. a seven-footer, he's, like, one of the quickest seven-footers we've ever seen. Just, like, off the dribble. Just so smooth and just like moves like a guard i think that quickness is going to be affected by the achilles yeah i think um yeah it's it's not even like his uh athletic ability why he's quick it's just that first step that first step that kevin durant has is really fucking fast and um i agree with you i don't think that it's going to be the same but at the same time i don't think that there's a lot of bigs 
in the NBA that get that switch that even with an Achilles tear, Kevin Durant can stop him from getting to the rim, honestly. Yeah, he's 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 definitely exclusively going to be a four or five, I think, now, no, he's now, now going forward. Yeah, he's only a four because, especially yeah. with that roster, um, yeah, he's definitely going to be playing Oh, yeah, he's, play, he's playing four, definitely. I think we're going to see him play five in some lineups as well. Like, he, I think Clay, uh, Kevin Durant now is exclusively going to be a big man. I also did see That's this tough. on Twitter. I see a lot on Twitter, by the way. So, um. I've seen this on Twitter is that Kevin Durant with the Achilles injury is just basically going to become Larry Bird now. I mean, Kevin Durant, kind like, of in terms of play style, kind of honestly, like except with the, um, he's not going to be backing people down like Larry, but uh, he's got post moves oh, no. like Larry. Yeah. I will say that like his post moves are, are top tier. Like even like now thinking yeah. about it, I don't really know anybody who has better post moves than KD, like not even LeBron or AD. I don't think I have better post moves than Kevin Durant. Like, wholeheartedly um yeah i actually kind of like that comp <laughs> a lot he is literally gonna become uh yeah injury prone larry bird with the worst back of all time yeah pretty much so okay so i guess since we're talking about the brooklyn nets i mean we didn't even talk about this in our last show okay the likelihood of james harden coming to brooklyn zero i say negative five percent Oh, we're, oh, if we can go negative, I'm going negative 5,000. <laughs> like, hands down, negative 5,000. No question. No question. Yeah, he fucked himself over. He screwed himself. You have, three, you have three years left on your deal. What are you doing? Saying, hey, let me go wherever. Shut your mouth. <laughs> like, all you have to do is I, not I, saying anything, and that deal might go through. You know what? I think I think um, James Harden was binge watching LeBron James HBO show. I forgot the exact name to it, but just talking about yeah, the shop. So just talking about player empowerment, this and that, going to the team you want, seeing uh, Anthony Davis on that show and everything. And it was like oh, man, he was funny. like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do believe in player empowerment. I, I want to go to Brooklyn. I want to go to Brooklyn. You know what? I'm rejecting that fifty million dollar contract. I'm I'm getting traded to Brooklyn. Trade me now. Trade me now. Oh, man, Just get Jared Allen. Get um <laughs> get whatever they have. You know, Karis Levert. Get that's Jared it. Allen. That's it. Trade tra- 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 me now. Oh man, I'm not gonna lie. Like, no. Top ten things you've ever said. Get Jared Allen. <laughs> well, no GM has ever said that. <laughs> get Jared Allen. I mean, but but that that's basically like what James Harden think, thinks is gonna how it's gonna work. Yeah, like at the end of the day, they still need to get back. You're never going to get back equal value on the superstar, but at least get back. Well, sometimes you get more value, but sometimes, but but at least get back some decent value. What what do the Brooklyn Nets have to trade other than Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant? That's a value Um, to to Houston Rockets for for James Harden. I know they got Dinwiddie and Levert who are good, but for James Harden, yeah, yeah, I like them, and even. Like the whole picks. Thing. I couldn't even yeah. name anybody else ever aside from Allen, Lavert, and Dinwiddie. I know they got Jordan, that's but they're not pieces. trading him. No, that's all. The yeah, they, they got Joe all. Harris. They're not trading Joe Harris. Yeah, no, they just signed Joe Harris so like ridiculous contract, and they're not letting him go anywhere. Like, like who else are going to trade? Um, who else can they pause? Garrett Temple. <laughs> what yeah. are they going to trade for? Garrett Temple is he still on the roster? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's no way he shouldn't be. Uh, I guess it's Jared Dudley. 
Is Jared Dudley still on well, the Jared roster? Dudley's on the Lakers. He's on the yeah, Lakers. Say, he just like, want to check. I'm, say, I'm saying we don't know who else is on that roster anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. But I, that's how they played like because it was Levert ball. Like, no one else could score. Yeah, I mean, I like Levert. Um, and I even like Dinwiddie. And I actually think that them going to Houston would um, would be nice as like a consolation prize. But... Yeah, it's just a bad trade. Three years left on Harden's deal. Ah, excuse me. Um, yeah, three years left on his deal. Um, yeah, really, honestly, like we, I think we talked about this on the last um, when we were doing the draft. Uh, like even the Ben Simmons trade. Um, I just don't think that there's any like you like him leaking it to the press is what bothers me the most. It's like why? Like there's no way that James Harden could not have handled that behind closed doors. Like, there's no way he couldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Like, you could have just went to your GM, went to your owner, and just been like, hey, I'm James Harden. Um, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. I'm not going to leak this to the press. Just trade me to whoever has the best assets. I, I think and now you don't ruin because Russell talk. Westbrook did it. I think it's because Russell Westbrook did it. So, like, you know what? Oh, let me, Westbrook let me, can do that because we, nobody uh, wants Westbrook. Like, nobody wants him. So, if you said, true. hey. And that's, hey, that's, that's true. Yeah, so if you're like, hey, Westbrook is available, he has the worst contract, uh, he, he has like the third worst contract in the league, um, you know, take your pick. But it's like, if you're Harden, you're one of the five best players in the league, you're probably the best scorer that we've seen, not probably, you are the best scorer we have seen since Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Why are you asking for a trade like this? This is just stupid. You're ruining your trade value, plus you're making it more likely for you to stay in Houston for the next two years. Like, why would you do that? It makes no, like, hard, hard, and this is kind of why I don't like the whole player empowerment uh, movement, kind of. Like, I like it that superstars can choose where they want to play, but I don't like it when they sign these long-term fucking deals, have the franchise, especially Houston. How many players have Houston let go over the past four years just to make Harden happy? How many players have gone? Dwight Howard. Dwight's gone. Chris Paul. Chris gone. Keep going. Keep naming these names. Uh, there's there's so many of them. Like I'm, Dude, there's so... I'm I can't remember it. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo. Oh. Jeremy Lin. And I know people have whatever they say about Jeremy Oh, Lin yeah. Was Jeremy good. Lin. I forgot about that. I hate anybody who says Jeremy Lin was good for Houston. I will fight anybody who says that he wasn't. Chandler Parsons. Jeremy Lin go. is good when D'Antoni is coaching him. I'll give you that. Um, I'll 100% give you that. Chandler Parsons, before he had the worst contract in the league and when he was actually good. Oh, he got his oh yeah. Um, yeah, like, he moves They lucked out of that one. Yeah, but could you imagine? Like, look at where Houston is right now, right? They trade Cut Compella because uh, Harden doesn't want to play with him anymore. Um, and also, Daryl didn't want him in there, too. Yep. That, that should be stated. But um, Harden basically said, like, no, what? I don't want any more centers yeah, anymore. No centers. Let's make Westbrook our center. Let me, let's make Russ our center. Let's get every, every shooter and put him on that roster. All yeah. guards. Oh, all guards. <laughs> Horrific. I, I, I want to only guard big man because I play good post defense and not good perimeter defense. So let me guard <laughs> big man. And let's let's have P.J. Tucker guard best perimeter defender. That's best fair. perimeter player. <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious. But yeah, it's like you look at their roster, uh, like right now. I actually think did they get um they got Christian Wood, right? 
Did they get Christian Wood? Um, the the Rockets. Yeah, I think they got Christian Wood. If I'm not mistaken, you know. So so, thing is like, yeah, they did. All okay. these free agency deals went so fast. It's yeah, like, they went like three days. I, right? I couldn't even. I I couldn't even keep up anymore. Yeah, like this is like the fastest free agency ever. I could not even keep up anymore. Well, which is fair, but um, yeah, like I'm looking at this. Yeah, if they had. If they had Christian Wood last year, that would have been perfect oh, for their team. Beautiful. But he, he he basically plays center and he can shoot like a guard. So yeah, that would have been perfect like a team. He's also as small as a guard, but that also fits their philosophy too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah, I'm looking at this roster, and all I can think to myself is, "Wow, James, like fuck to this because their third best player right now is still Eric Gordon." And I don't know if you agree with oh, me God. about Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, three years ago, I think every team in the league wanted him. And, like, Eric Gordon now, I don't even know why I get out of him. Because, like, majority of the time, Eric Gordon's Gordon. not even, even touching the ball. So, is Jeff Green still on the team? Well, Eric Gordon is just super injury prone. He's he is. Super injury prone. And I think that's just, his main problem his whole career because he was supposed to be a, a borderline superstar at one point before right. he just kept getting hurt. Yeah, and then, you know, Robert Covington gone. Um, so besides that, you know, the best player is probably like Damari Carroll, <laughs> which is oh, no. which is so just sad to say. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to say for me, I am not a James Harden fan anymore because I feel like that was the most, like, ignorant trade request. Not even trade request. This is just the most ignorant thing an NBA player has ever done by just was, saying, hey. Was it him? That leak that he rejected fifty million as yes, well. It was I can't his believe agent. how how how, how a player rejects fifty million a year. Oh my goodness! How are you going to say? How are you going to say like, oh, James Harden is committed to the organization, and then the news come out he rejects fifty million a year. Fifty. Yeah. Mi- I still can't believe who rejects fifty million a year. Hundred mil for two years. So dumb. That's so stupid. Who rejects fifty million a year? I don't care if it's like. Like a G League team, like I don't care. Yeah, Keep no. me in there for yeah. life. Yeah, it's. I don't care if I'm playing for for um like name of the Knicks. Like I don't care if I'm playing for the Knicks. So you're gonna say the same? I don't thing care if Giannis I'm playing the Supermax. Same well, thing. Hundred million dollars left on the table. Or that's 80. true. It's 80 oh. mil, but still, eighty million dollars. Yo, I I need NBA money. How can I cannot yeah, I look been at any paper and see fifty million? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For real, that that's a come up. That's a come up. It really is. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I don't know what I did wrong to be five nine. I really don't know what I did wrong. Oh my goodness. Yeah, such a shame. But um, I think this how, is the how, last how thing. do you look at fifty million with a straight face <laughs> and, and reject it? Um, if you have that beard. I guess that's like the only reason. It's like I'm making twenty mil a year off my beard. I guess it's fine if I reject fifty. Um, I guess so. Yeah, I had no idea. What's the over under on either Westbrook or Harden even gets traded? Like, if you had to give a percentage that both of these guys are still on the team, I say it's a hundred percent that both of those players are there at the start of the season. I think it's hundred percent. I think they fuck themselves. Yeah, Westbrook, I say about eighty five percent. You don't think it's a hundred? I think it's a hundred. The, the the Knicks might make a bad decision. Who knows? That's true. Charlotte might think like, "Hey, let's play with Lamella Ball." Who knows? 
that would be tragic. Because you know, you know, he's part he he's part of the Jordan brand, so let's get him. I do. If Charlotte does that, I think now that will be a team that if I'm a draft pick, I would be like, yeah, I'm not going to. If they pick up the Westbrook contract, because that means that you signed Gordon Hayward to 120 to that, million to that dollar ridiculous deal. contract. Yeah, and then on top of that, you take the worst contract in the league, and now you can't add any more superstars, even if you wanted to. And you, you also already got Terry Rozier on a bad contract. Let's not forget about bad that. contract. And then now you just took the worst draft pick in the entire draft. It's like, yeah, that would just be the worst shit show of all time. That'd be so bad. I mean... I hope they do it. Let, let, let's reserve judgment on LaMelo Ball's career. He's not first. good. But, I will keep repeating it. Uh, Anytime Lamelo really, comes out here, I'm going to say he's not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will. I, hey, I I'm not. I mean, we could call out a bus and everything, but you know, talking bad about draft picks is a dangerous thing to do as a reporter or as someone who I talks am a about guy sports. Who because talks shit. when you are wrong, <laughs> when, when they become a star, then then that gets played over and over and over again how you were wrong. So, you know what? I'm reserving judgment. I'm reserving judgment. Well, I'm going to go full Max Kellerman. Tom Brady's falling off a cliff mode <laughs> and say let the ball balls Okay. I will, stick, I will stick with this for the next five years of my career. I don't care. I do not care. There's no okay. way. If he if he is good, I will, I will do something very extreme. I'll come up with a bet for the next podcast of what I will do if LaMelo Ball becomes like an all-star. I'll, I'll come up with a bet. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that bet. I don't know what bet it is, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Perfect. Make your bet. <laughs> I'll come back to you on that. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Russell Westbrook, I said 85%. But, yeah, James Harden is definitely staying. There's no point for the Rockets to trade him. Why? They got him for three more years. Why would they want to trade him? There's no Ooh. point. Better question. Now looking at um the full uh the full Western Conference, what does this do to Houston? Because like before, you know, you kind of have to put Houston as a top as a as a top team um in the West, but it's like now, like now you know, okay, Westbrook wants out. Um, Harden wants Westbrook out. Harden wants out. Um, they just signed Christian Wood. <laughs> Wait, Harden wants Westbrook out. They both don't want to play with each other. Like that's been reported. They don't want to play with each other. They like really. They, they, yeah, I thought, they, I, I thought they were good friends. They are. They still are. They don't want to play with each other though. <laughs> like Hart, like Harden doesn't think that Westbrook is a good fit for the team, and Westbrook wants to be um, OKC Thunder Westbrook. That's that's at least. So he wants the stat pad. Yeah, um, they he like wants to each make other. sure his centers only get four rebounds a game. Exactly. Exactly the way the NBA should be played. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, they don't want to play with each other. And now it's just like, all right, well, now I know that your team sucks. Um, where, do, where do they finish? Because I had them as like the third best team in the West now. Um, and that's only because I know that they stat pad during the regular season. But now, I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know where they finish. I feel like they're going to be out the playoffs. That's I feel a like really they're not going to be a playoff statement. team. That's a really aggressive statement. It is. It is a really aggressive statement, but this is the West. The West is just getting ever more competitive. I honestly, I do. I think that probably is a premature statement because I do need Very to like evaluate every single team before I say that. But if they're not going to be out of the playoffs, they're going to be at the bottom of the playoffs. Mm. This team, this team downgraded. I mean, losing Robert Covington is a very, very huge blow, a, a bigger blow than I think we've been saying. I agree. Um, 
They don't have D'Antoni anymore, yeah. so their offense is going to be completely different. Even though they got bigger staff, so I mean, we could imagine them playing kind of like the Mavericks did, but they don't got the Mavericks personnel. Yeah, no. they don't have like five million uh, shooters that are like six foot two and under, <laughs> like they did with Seth Curry and JJ Barea and Yogi Ferrell at one point in time. Like yeah, they don't have all so. that. Yeah. So um. Yeah, they they got they got a point guard who shoots like a center, so that doesn't really help them. Nope. Um, they still really don't got any centers, if I remember. Or I, I guess Christian Wood, but he's like six ten, two oh five. He's he's bigger than two oh five. He's pretty skinny though. He is pretty skinny. He is very skinny. He's not focused. He is very. He, he he looks like Wiz Khalifa. He's very skinny. I'm sorry. So um, <laughs> so uh, oh, chill out. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I this this team is regressed. This team is regressed. So Harden, yeah. I did see reports that Harden does not did not want to play like the James Harden of the past couple of years, where he's just dribbling the ball for like 25 seconds, or well, 20 seconds of the 24 second yeah. shot clock, and then shooting a shot. He did say he wants to play off ball a little bit more. So you know what? Let's let's see about that. Let's see. Yeah, and that was the other thing about him going to me. the. Yeah, that's the funny part about him going to the to the Nets. Like, even if you did go to the Nets, it's like, how long until you ask to get traded out of there? Because that would have been real quick. Because you know, you say you want to play it off ball now, but if you go to Nets, like you're off ball, off ball. Because you whether you Kyrie like it or not, Iso, Durant ISO. Yeah, it's like, fam, like you gotta let Kyrie cook for at least twenty minutes a game. Uh, KD's <laughs> out here; he's got to get twenty-five. It's like, what do you like? Every single time these big threes come together, they don't realize like, okay, one of you guys got to sacrifice. Uh, they see the Sixers and they're just like, oh, they all got touches. It's like, yeah, well, Ben doesn't shoot at all, and so it wasn't that hard for Jimmy to get twenty-three and Embiid to get. Um, 20 plus a game and then you know Ben's out here just getting triple doubles 10 points <laughs> you know what I'm saying so like Kevin Love is probably the most prime example Chris Bosh is another example of these superstars going to these teams one of you guys is gonna have to cut like one of you guys is gonna have to go on a hard hard diet and who's gonna do that and Kyrie believes in flat earth so he's not doing that diet um KD or Boston Celtics, you know, Boston Celtics, for example, you have Ray Allen, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Ray Allen was like, you know what? I'm going to be even more of just an exclusive shooter now. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm part of the big three. Um, Kevin Garnett focused more on defense than he did offense. And Paul Pierce was the number one option. Yeah. And um, and, you know, even look at that. Like, that's a probably an even better example. Like Ray went from being a legit 25 and five guy at night in Milwaukee yep. and in um, in Seattle, like, he was phenomenal. And honestly, like, Ray Allen would be probably one of the most unbelievable players if he played today, like, if you switched him in eras. Like, if he got drafted today, you'd be one of Oh, in this era? He'd be R- unbelievable. Rid- ridiculous. Probably get Lucas stats, honestly. Be better than Lucas. Uh, <laughs> um, that's aggressive. But, uh, yeah, so it's like, if you're Harden, like, to me, Kyrie's the obvious guy, but... Kyrie went to Brooklyn first, and KD went to Brooklyn first. That's their team, so you're going I mean, into their team situation. Yeah. So you're going to be a yeah. Obviously, Kyrie be should be the third option, but Kyrie has the first option ego. Yeah, he yeah, has the first option ego, so he's not going to be a third option. 
Yeah, like Kyrie's entire game is built off of him having the ball. That's like his game. Like if you take that away, Kyrie can't play off ball. Like he literally can't. So James Harden's the only person who can do it. And then you would ask to get traded to uh, what else? Uh, Minnesota, I guess, <laughs> would be James Harden's choice after that because he's <laughs> fucked after that. And, 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 and then he got to decide who was going to play defense on that team. And then that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of that, kiss that $50 million contract goodbye. Pay cuts. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, I'm still. I'm taking it. I'm taking that fifty million. Like, look, yes, you, if, you can, if you can't be, if you can't be LeBron, you gotta be Carmelo. Just take the money. Just take the money. Just man. take the money and have a good career. Yeah, that's get, get your endorsements. You're in a warm state. You're in a tax free state too, and getting fifty million. Yeah, tax free state. Just, just take. Just takes the. Just take the money. Yeah, just take, take the money. Take the money. I can't you know. believe it. You know, your legacy is kind of already set in stone. You're an overrated superstar. You're the best version of what George Gervin is. Okay, he's not overrated. He's okay, overrated. Okay, okay. We, we, we he's he's, he's not overrated. All right, let's get into this now. We just, <laughs> let's get into just this said, now. We just, you, but, you just said he's the best offensive player since Kobe. Yeah, no rings. George Gervin was one of the best scorers of it all is, time. No rings. Will Chamberlain it is the, the greatest scorer sport. the NBA has ever seen. Two rings with Eight teams. They're overrated. It just is what it is. But who's rating him as one of the best players ever? Who's rating him as that? Rating him as one Ooh, of the best scorers hard. ever. You have to. Yeah. Yeah, you look at his game. The best scorers last ever. But year, who's rating him at the level of dude, Jordan? Last year, who's he, le- he last year, nobody's comparing him to Jordan. Nobody said that. But if you're one of the best players but, of all time, I mean that in terms of are you a 50 greatest player of all time? And that's the conversation that he's in. Whether, he, whether he, you like that or sure. not. No, but, I'm pretty sure he might be. I just got I just got to see the list. Yes. No, he definitely is cuz I even like even yeah. now no rings. I have Harden. Well, wow, I actually have to think about this. Um he probably makes Yeah, there's so many players. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm not going to make my list right now. That's what I'm saying. Like he probably makes Oh, he's definitely a top 5 shooting guard. Definitely. That's that's uh, definitely. Uh that's 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 my only hesitation cuz it's like Jordan okay, Kobe, so, Dwayne Wade, Jerry West, and then probably Harden. See, and that's what I mean. You are different. I don't count guys like Jerry West because they played in a completely different era that you can't possibly compare. So I, he's not even going to be. He's not even going to be qualified in this list. It's going to be from like a modern era to the present. It's not going to be from like the seventies, sixties, whatever. Like, can we compare guys like you and me were playing in the NBA back then? I mean, can, can, can we, we compare? compare? Can we compare? Yeah, we can compare legacies. We can definitely compare legacies. Not well, you legacies, as a player, but yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the, the, all that is milked in together. All that is just you know in a big pot of butter. That I'm just swirling around. It's like, all right, stats, throw that in there. Legacy, throw that in there. If you're the logo, definitely throw that in there. You know what I'm saying? Every everything is is a part of the collection, is is what I'm saying. But even like, let's go. So what let's go. What current. So what you're saying is that James Harden was playing in the '60s. Who wouldn't be? He probably wouldn't be considered to be part of the logo. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know if the NBA. Jerry West got commits. lucky to play back then, just so just because he was playing back then. 
That's why he was part of the logo. I could have been part of the logo if I was there you back then. And I was, you and, and, and I was six foot six. And I was six foot six. All right. First of all, you and a lot of other people are very disrespectful to these '60s NBA basketball players. You know, you just put some respect on the name. Second of all, I'm um, not. I'm not. This is, I'm just being real. Like I'm saying, yeah, not, Bill Russell wasn't the logo. We, we evolved Will as Chandler human beings. I mean, it had to. It had to be a white guy, I and mean, you weren't there. You weren't. You weren't there to be the. To be the logo. I don't think you have so to what you're, So what you're saying is you take Gordon Hayward, bring him back to that time. He can, he couldn't be Jerry West? The same exact player couldn't be Jerry West with how less competitive the NBA was back then. I don't know. Compared to now. I don't know. I have no clue. Because here's the That's thing, what right? I'm saying. We don't we cannot possibly tell. That's why I cannot count them in like these lists. But that's because that, that's the fun NBA about wasn't it. modernized yet. I know, but that's kind of like part of it though because it's like how good could gordon hayward have been if he doesn't have all the technology and all the other stuff that we have today how good would he have what would he have been how good would kobe and all these other greats like how good would harden have been like if he doesn't know anything about three-point shooting if he doesn't know anything about all these things he doesn't get the same foul calls well how good is harden who knows he could, that's what's fun about he could have invented dribbling he could have invented dribbling that he is invented uh Ball That's handling weird. skills. Who I'm knows? Not, I'm not going to take that disrespect. <laughs> I will not take that disrespect. Even I mean, James I'm Harden probably would have been the most likely person to, to do it. Like, you know what? I can just dribble the ball for 20 seconds. And then just stand there and well, that's the other just thing. keep dribbling. Mike Tony's not there to, 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 give him, to give him that advice, though. So how good is Harden? Who knows? All these things matter. And it's the same thing with the whole... Like, let's go back to our first argument. It's the same thing. Like, how good would Garnett have been if he went... Uh, to the to the Spurs, my answer has been the same. Duncan is better than Garnett, regardless. But how good and we are? Who been knows? Different. I say who that knows? that Garnett's better than Duncan, which is in not. terms of like actual, like uh, actual like physical talent, God given talent. I even that I don't agree with. Like physically, like as an athlete, if you're talking physically as an athlete, yeah, 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 sure. But as a basketball player, no. I think Duncan even has more goddamn talent in terms of basketball. I, I, I say I say Duncan and Garnett's apples and oranges. Like you nah, can man, choose Garnett, you, you also got Duncan. Think, I feel like they one weren't. Thing. One thing that you always forget to to kind of put into this: how much Duncan sacrificed, like his stats, to play on that team. How much he sacrificed. Um, and Garnett sac- Garnett, Garnett did not sacrifice teams stats. that weren't as he good as his sac- team. He never sacrificed stats, though. He never sacrificed stats. Duncan's stats are as great as they are, Gar- and he sacrificed every single year after. Over Garnett here. Garnett averaged twenty four, where he could have averaged thirty. No, Garnett was that no, talented. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna lie. When, <laughs> when, when was Garnett not being the alpha male, getting you as many points as he possibly can? Besides the Celtics, when? When Minnes- did that ever happen? Minnesota. That now it's been the. The biggest criticism of Garnett is that Garnett was no, too Gar- passive. No, that Garnett wasn't taking charge. The biggest criticism was that he couldn't finish in the playoffs. That was his big deal. And it wasn't because he was passive. It was because he just missed all the time. And it's because his team was bad. That was another thing. But um, it was never because he was I think it was, was more because of that ladder. It was never because he was too passive, though. Never. It was never because he was too passive. It's ne- I, I will actually make a $5 bet right here, right now, for you to find me an article. <laughs> where it was like Kevin Garnett was way too passive. That's never been his problem. All right. I kind of shouldn't have made that bet because, of course, that's going to be an article. But 
just like there's an article. Uh, of course. Yeah, yep. All right. You want you want to bet it? You want to bet it? I sure don't. I want to take that back immediately. But <laughs> let's see. But yeah. All right. Duncan is better I'm than doing Garner. it right now. I'm getting on Google. I'm getting on Google. Probably yeah, you'll you'll definitely find it. But Garnett was not passive. Whoever wrote that article that I have to pay five dollars for, whoever wrote that article is stupid. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Unselfish wolves share terrific, terrific start. Unselfish okay, wolves. let's see, let's see. By the way, tough. Man, Terrell tough Brandon. To tough to oh, be a Minnesota man. fan, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Three generation defining superstars, big men, come through your organization and just fuck it up. And they time. all want to leave. Granted, all want to leave. Granted, Carl Anthony Towns, a bit overrated, but everybody else, shoot. But thing is, who is overrating him? Like we say overrated, but who is actually overrating him? We know that. what he is. He's a good offensive this. player who can't play defense. I said this years ago, three years ago, with Carl Anthony Towns, a year after he got drafted, sixty percent of people said that they would start their NBA franchises with Carl Anthony Towns. And ever since then, nobody gives Carl Anthony Towns shit. Ever since then, maybe you don't take him number one or even in the top ten. But nobody gives Carl Anthony Towns shit, and it bothers me. And I get it. He plays for the worst organization in basketball. I get it. But, like, he was a defensive guy coming out of Kentucky. Why doesn't he play defense? He was. <laughs> but maybe because they also feel- surrounded him with, like, two other centers. And they, were, they, had, they literally had three centers in their lineup going against guys who were, like, 6'5 playing center. Yeah, so maybe that's why they were a good defensive team. He was surrounded with Willie Cauley-Stein and Trey Lyles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but and then no, no. When some guys just get paid, like you don't know how they're going to turn. Sometimes when they take a bigger offensive load, they're like, you know what? Let's not play defense, or maybe just because going to certain organizations where, like, you just have coaches or you're just like not motivated to play defense just because of that atmosphere you're in. Maybe that affects them. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought he was going to be like a sub Anthony Davis. Like, I didn't think he was going to be this good offensively as he is. But I definitely thought the deep, like the defensive, like measure, like uh, not measures, metrics for him um, out of college were like legitimately like kind of unbelievable. I was just like, I didn't think he was this good defensively, and at least I know that he's going to be a good defender in the NBA. Like that was like my take. At least I know he could be a good defender in the NBA. Okafor can't, and maybe his offensive game develops, and it's been the exact opposite. <laughs> like everybody, yeah, we got to think about it this way. He he's playing tech, he's playing a different position than when he played in in Kentucky. Sure. Kentucky was playing a four. Um, Minnesota's playing a five. Kentucky Willie Colley Stein was a guy that was in the paint, was a guy that fed in the paint, anchoring the paint. And Minnesota, he's the guy anchoring the paint. He was benefiting off having Willie Colley Stein anchoring the paint, so he was playing help defense. But he in was Minnesota, still he's really supposed to be the main the guy. He was still really good on the ball, though. Like, on the ball post defensive-wise, when he was at Kentucky, he was really good. Like, he was a glass cleaner. I agree with you. He did benefit a lot from having Willie Cauley-Stein. But who, who, was, he, who but, was he defending against? That's the thing. Like, how many – like, look, he was playing he the four. While, couple, they played against Okafor twice, and Okafor was a beast in college. But look at, look at Okafor. I know. I know he was a beast in college, but yeah, look at Okafor saying, now. No, you can't say – look at him now. I'm talking about when he was in college when he was good. Like, he went against – Really good competition in college, 
and he was a good defender. He was a competent defender. You can't say, like, look at who he went up against, because at the time you have to judge the talent based on, like, how talented was he at the time. Like, he wasn't an NBA player in college. He was a college player playing against college guys, and he was playing against really good college guys and playing good defense against them. Yeah. Yeah, I – I. But that's the thing. Like I'm saying, when you get players money, you just don't know how they're going to react sometimes. Like, look, he he's definitely not a bust. He's very far from it. If you do that draft again, I'm not even looking at that draft right now, but he'll probably still be drafted number one. And just the thing is, yeah, like, he is just a – he's – like, you, you can already say this already. He's possibly one of the best – not possibly. He is one of the best shooting centers of all time already. But – yeah, this defense leaves a lot to be desired. But I feel like if we would have got drafted to a different team, maybe we would have seen a different Carl Anthony Towns in terms of defense. Because I just think most of it is really just effort. I think it's all effort. It's really just effort. I think it's all effort. Yeah. And that's what bugs the crap out of me. Because I'm like, dude, you could be good. Not even good. Like, dude, honestly, like, Minnesota's could have made the playoffs the last, like, three years. Like, they've had a chance. Like, I don't think that their roster is as bad as they've performed. And it's all down, and it always comes down to this. It always comes down to two people. Just like when you're rebuilding the Bengals organization, it always comes down to two people. Who's your head coach and who's your best player? And that's how you can tell how what your organization – obviously, you know, the Dolans of the world come into play when, you know, your uh, team does dumb shit. And maybe we should look at that with Minnesota too. But, like, I don't know. Like, even with, like, Kevin Love for, is a prime example. Kevin Love at least gave me – fucking effort every single night he was a legit double double threat his team sucked but it's like with carl and with um kevin love on the floor i feel like the team had a chance to be something else with carl there like i just don't i don't feel it i don't feel it at all i just think it is i just think it is everything just became worse with andrew wiggins I think this is with Andrew Wiggins. Everything is worse with Andrew Wiggins. I'm, I'm just going to stay with He's not even there anymore. Yeah, but I know he's not there anymore. He didn't play that last but year. Just because, but just because Towns and Wiggins were on the same team, Wiggins just like lackadaisical effort rubbed off on Towns. And then Towns just kind of became that way, at least on the defensive end. So what do you so, say about last year then? When he wasn't there, or do you think he just took those habits and then just continued with them? So yeah, he just he just took those habits and continued with them. It doesn't help when you also when you trade in for his buddy who also doesn't play defense, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, and then they're going to get Devin Booker in two years, who also doesn't. Well, that 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 should probably sail now, but now they got another guy who probably doesn't play defense. So Anthony Edwards. So there you go. Yeah, so it's just um. So those are the worst defensive team in the league, right? Yep, but they will be fun on fast breaks. <laughs> that that's something I can bet on. That's available. They will be fun on fast breaks. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about something positive, <laughs> shall we? Let's talk because um, I kind of want to talk about um, uh, two teams, Portland and Dallas. Like I really want to talk about these two teams because I think that Dallas's offseason moves put them in really nice position over the next two years to, to to win a title in my opinion i don't know how you feel about dallas so i guess i'll ask the question how do you feel about dallas and the moves that they made during the offseason and especially the draft getting tyrell terry i love that pick so much how do you feel about Dallas? Well, getting tyrell terry basically 
basically made Seth Curry expendable. Yeah. And like honestly, I'm just like, look, I know all the signs that happened, but it's just so much that happened. I just gotta pull up the roster again just to give a little <laughs> recap. <laughs> so it's like literally like this free agency just moved by so fast. It did. Like what you like you could sleep and like the whole free you you could miss the whole free agency just would have went to sleep. Yeah, we'll do, but, but yeah they got uh Less than, less than a month. Less than a month. Less than a month. That's what I say. Less than a month. Yeah. Worst off season of oh. all time. I did not get the time to like record. The is it? At all. Is it really the worst? Because like, look, I I see this Jordan one. Like the draft was twenty million dollars. It's the worst. It's the worst free agency ever. Like I'm sorry. Wait, Lou Dork got what? Not Lou Dork. Gordon Hayward. That's my bad. Gordon Hayward. Oh, about to say. Shoot, Lou Dork. Like, might I know get he that was contract. undrafted. Oh, who knows? He might. Get oh that. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know he. I know he's undrafted, but like, like at least give him a sample size first. Golly. No, he's the best defender in the um, Period. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, let's, let's get a sample size, but he's definitely legit. Um, they did get Luka Doncic a bodyguard. Uh, I think they need that. So sure. whenever Montrez Harrell tries to tries to talk to him again, he got um his MMA bodyguard James Johnson. So just for really for that reason and that reason alone, that is a good signing yeah. but his salary is of 16 million so hmm, i don't know about that but i mean it is that's listen I, I i i feel like this for every single team you're gonna have at least one bad contract so i mean it is what it is that's how i feel personally i don't know how you feel about it i feel like every team has a bad contract and i feel like the james johnson yeah. contract is uh, egregiously awful it's a bad contract it's one of the worst in the league but it's not egregious how, how much playing time did he get to earn sixty million a year? Because I know he was exiled by Miami. So he, how did he get sixty million? Um, did he get that with Miami or did he get that with Toronto? He got it for one of those two teams, and um, he was a three and D guy, and that's when the and you know the league is in love with three and D guys. So you know they just overpaid him just because switchable three and D guys. Switchable three and D, yeah, because he can legitimately like guard one through four. Five, prob- probably. Probably five now, yeah, because, you know, the five doesn't exist. <laughs> Centers don't matter anymore. But, yeah, I, I, I really like this Dallas team, man. Like, this Dallas team is, like, because I don't know how you feel about it, because right now, for me, um, I think that the MVP is probably going to be given to Steph solely based off of the um, Clay Thompson injury, because I feel like he's going to have – a season like Damian Lillard did in the bubble. I really do. I feel like Steph is just going to But you know what? I think I think the Warriors are not going to win enough games for him to get the MVP. I think it could go to Luka. I, I think it could go to Luka. No, for sure. I, Luka's second on my board for MVP. He's second. And I the only reason why I don't have him one is just cuz I um I agree with the with the wins, but I don't think wins matter anymore ever since Westbrook won it and he was like the seventh seed in the West. I don't think I don't think you're. But he averaged a triple double. But he averaged a triple double. He did, but I mean, this is the first year steps back, and the numbers say that the league, in terms of numbers, dropped. And I think it's because Steph did play because Steph is the most popular player in the league. So, and it's all about narrative. So I mean, if he manages to take the Warriors to like, could you imagine if they got the third seed? I don't think that that's out of the question because for me. It's Lakers one, Dallas two, and then three through six for me is like all interchangeable in terms of the regular season of how they could see it. So, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that the Warriors during the regular season just rattle off 58 wins out of nowhere. 
just based off Steph Curry's mm-hmm. performance. I mean, we could see that, but we could also see the Mavericks being a top three seed in the East and possibly, I mean, the West and possibly even challenging for a number one seed in terms of regular season. And look, like Luka Doncic is a new media darling now. So it's MVP is is a half popularity contest. It is. Um, You could get voter fatigue, which is why I don't think Giannis is winning again, because no. I think now he's going to have voter fatigue like LeBron has. So I think it's going to be Luka Doncic. Steph Curry already had his. Yeah, already had uh, his MVP run, so I think it's gonna be Luka Doncic. I did like the Josh Richardson. I did like them acquiring Josh Richardson because, like, look, you basically get a a a better defensive version of Tim Hardaway Jr. with while also being more efficient on the offensive end, while also a guy who can also play the point as well to take the ball off Luka if you need to give Luka a rest. Yeah, the Josh Richardson. So I definitely love that sign. Yeah, the Josh Richardson sign. And that, to me, kind of put them over the top. That's when I was just like, because I told you before, I don't really believe in the Clippers that much. Um, I think they have real chemistry issues. That that That's like the only thing that's keeping me away from like liking the, the Clippers. But to me, you know, uh, you said it. James Johnson. I, I don't even know if James Johnson plays. I don't really think it matters because like if you look at He's the, their bodyguard. He is their bodyguard, but I don't think he plays. <laughs> Whenever... Whenever Montrez Harrell punks, punks Luka Doncic, they're just going to bring James Johnson out there. That's true. But, I mean, I, I, I mean, I like these rotations. Like, you got Boban, you got Chris Stapps, Josh Richardson, like you said. You still got um, Tim Hardaway, which I don't know how you feel about Tim Hardaway. I think Tim Hardaway is actually pretty good, even with all He's his He's good in moderation. He's, all He's good in moderation. I agree. But I still think that he can contribute in a playoff series. You still got Trey Burke, who's still decent. And... uh JJ Barea is still playing basketball, which is hilarious to me. Um, but I mean, and also one pick that nobody talks about—they got Josh Green. Josh Green out of Arizona, one of my uh, top five uh, sleeper picks from last year, because he could pop. I don't know if he will, but if he's good, I mean, this is a legit contender. And Luca's still on that rookie contract, and Luca. Uh, I think you agree too. Luca's gonna have like a he won't reject fifty million if he ever gets it. What <laughs> he's not getting it after, after this contract, but he's not gonna reject fifty million. I know that. No, they'll probably give him whenever he gets just it because uh, yeah, Luca's gonna have like a thirty ten and ten season. I, I feel a thirty ten ten coming. I don't know why. That's MVP. That's MVP. I agree, but I just I can't see him not winning MVP if he gets that that type of season. Shoot, if if Steph has the season that I think, I think Steph is gonna have like a thirty five eight season. Something, something around there. You would have to. Yeah, something stupid. But, um, yeah, I really like this Dallas Mavericks roster. And if I really hope that these two draft picks hit, that the Josh Green, but I think Ty- Tyrell Telly is kind of a shoe-in. He's going to be good. He's my shoe-in guy. Yeah. Yeah. Once Tyrell Terry got drafted, they really could. They really just gave up Seth Curry because, like, no way, we don't need to pay Seth Curry since we got Tyrell Terry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was one of the best, um, like, uh, there was probably about four picks in the draft where we were like, um, you know, I don't know how I feel about the player, but the fit is just kind of too perfect. Like, I don't know how I feel about Precious Achua, but him going to the Heat is like a match made in heaven. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Tyrell to Dallas just kind of feels like a match made in heaven. Just like uh, Devin Vassell going to the Spurs. Match made in heaven. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Sorry, I had to throw Yeah, that, def- I mean, well, th- yeah, look, look, he's definitely a Spurs type of player. So, but like, yeah, I definitely see this Mavericks team looking good. But you know what? 
we haven't done this podcast in two weeks. We didn't talk about the Chris Paul trade. Oh, we so how do you feel the Phoenix way. Suns are going to do? So Phoenix is interesting, right? Because um, Phoenix has um, a lot of good pieces, but they lost to me. Um, they lost. They lost two guys for me because uh, Ricky Rubio to me was really important, and I think that obviously Chris Paul kind of comes in and replaces that easy. But I also don't know how this pairing between Devin Booker and Chris Paul is going to be because Chris Paul's coming into a situation where the Phoenix Suns haven't been to the playoffs since uh, when have they been to the playoffs? Since Dragic, maybe. Since like 2014, Dragic was on definitely, the Suns? yeah, definitely, definitely since then, yeah. So you're going into a situation where no, there's, nobody knows how to win on this team. Not one, like not even Frank Kaminsky. Uh, since he, the Frank Kaminsky is the most winning player on this team since like Wisconsin. So um, he's coming into a situation where nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows how to get to the playoffs. Nobody knows how to win a playoff series. So does Chris Paul come in here like whole alpha male and bullies the shit yeah, out of the I, I was about to tell you on Chris, Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky's not even on the Suns. He signed with the Kings. So oh, he's, God, he's, he's not, not even, even there. on there. Well, he's not even there. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's worse. Uh, well, they got Jay Crowder. Oh, God. They got Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's been on winning teams. <sighs> Jay Crowder was on the Miami Heat. Jay Crowder signed. I wonder how much he signed for. I feel like he could have got a, a lot of money. How much did he sign for? Do you know that? Uh, I can look it up right now. Yeah, get back to me on that. But um, I feel like this can go one of two ways. I think that this could easily be um, easily be a situation where Chris Paul comes into a situation and him and Devin Booker just butt heads because Devin Booker is an obvious alpha male type guy, and we know that Chris Paul is like the alpha male type guy, and that's part of the reason why James Harden didn't want to play with him anymore. So well. This could explode in Jay Crowder. Go ahead. Sorry. Jay Crowder signed for three years, twenty nine million, using the mid level exception. I think that's a pretty solid. That's pretty solid signing for Jay Crowder. Phenomenal. Three years, not too long. He's thirty. Yeah, that's that's a great signing to to get him. Not they didn't overpay for him. Use a mid level exception. I'm surprised he didn't. I'm surprised he didn't go somewhere and get overpaid because I feel like the Hawks would overpay him, like for sure. Uh, They're overpaying everybody at this point. That's true. Um. But yeah, I, I think that this could be a blow-up series where like they finish like with the ninth seed, Chris Paul goes on this crazy rant. Granted, if they finish with the ninth seed, they can still make the playoffs now because since they are doing these playing games. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second because I don't know how I feel about that. But um, Or they could... I mean, with this roster, they could finish like like fifth. They could finish fifth. I think fifth is like the peak. I think if they finish fifth, they're like over the moon, like joyed about it. But um, I don't think that this. I think that the signing could go either way because this could be. This is like the definition of a make or break signing. Like this can make the organization, or I feel like this is the move where Devin Booker's like, all right, if this doesn't work out, I'm gone. Well, look, I I've seen reports that Devin Booker wanted Chris Paul to come, and Chris Paul wanted to go there and play with Devin Booker. And look, I look at Chris Paul like home improvement. He comes to any organization and improves your home. Yeah. So, like, that, that that's how I see it. That's how I see it. This Phoenix Suns roster is going to be better. I mean, yeah, Ricky Rubio, I do love Ricky Rubio. Good player, dog. But, I mean, what what is – like, Chris Rub- Ricky Rubio is an average car. Chris Paul is a Ferrari, okay? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's right Chris there. Paul. I'm going to stop you right there. Ricky Rubio is a fucking Honda. 
Doesn't sound flashy, but that bitch will get you anywhere you want to go. That is the most reliable car. Well, out okay, there. and he is a Honda. Well then, Chris, well then, Chris Paul's a Camry then. Chris Paul is is sturdy, is sturdy, looks nice, and will definitely never mess up at all. Okay. And it's like top of the line of best cars that you can have. That's fair. That's good on your money, and will get you to wherever you need to go. And that's how I see Chris Paul with the Phoenix Suns. He's going to get them to where they need to go. Not to the championship, of course, but to the playoffs. And, like, let's not discredit the Bubble Suns. The Bubble Suns are one of the best teams in NBA history. Yeah. The Bubble Suns. And, look, the Bubble Suns didn't have Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre (laughs) would... Kelly Oubre was out. So, like, look, they gave up Kelly Oubre because they didn't need him. Mikel Bridges stepped up. True. Yeah, you are. Uh, they didn't need Kelly. They, they didn't need they, Kelly Oubre. They didn't, in the bubble, they, they were undefeated without him. Yeah, they they were under. So so that's what I'm saying is it's like it's like they didn't lose a player because they didn't have him. So they could have gave him up. They got Chris Paul. Mikael Bridges stepped up. He's going to be their their starting wing. Like, look, this team, this team is this team is definitely at least going to be fifth. At least Dario Saric. Is is back on this roster. He's gonna play the four spot. DeAndre Ayton is gonna be a twenty attended guy with Chris Paul in the lineup. And I don't think Devin Booker and Chris Paul is gonna clash at all. I mean, Devin Booker is an alpha personality. And honestly, I say that with air quotes. He's an alpha personality, but I think he's an alpha personality because he tries to be the alpha personality. Yeah. But I mean, he's a very good player. But is, is, is people really intimidated by Devin Booker? Like physically intimidated by Devin Booker. I get that he's 6'5". Not physically. Seriously. And he's taller than 6'5", by the way. Um, I don't know. It, that might be his listed height, but there's no way he's smaller than 6'7", because he's like the same height as Jason Tatum. Um, because every single time they play each other, like they're staring eye to eye with each other. But um, Because of the hairstyle? Could be. But <laughs> very well could be, actually, the more I think about it. But Devin Booker... Um, I don't know if NBA players are necessarily scared of him as a person, but they're definitely scared of his game because, you know, Devin Booker. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, his his game's amazing, but like his game is terrible. Alpha personality. Is he really is like Chris Paul? Chris Paul. Like, is he no, really going to be an alpha a, over Chris he's Paul? Not an alpha personality in terms of he's going to get in your face and scream at you. He's an alpha personality in terms of I want the ball like all the time. And if it's the shots going down. Like it's I don't, me. You know what? Alpha personality. I don't think higher. Devin Booker is he's not is that type. Like, look, he is man. Devin Booker. No, Devin Booker before before like the past couple of years was was a was an off ball scorer. He was an off ball scorer. He was an off ball scorer in college. He was an off ball scorer early in his he career. Was, you know, he he was, he was forced. No, 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 no. no. Uh, he was pause. Um, he was an off ball scorer in college. He was not an off ball scorer. Um, after he was like, not an off ball scorer in college. He was not. No, he was an off ball scorer in college. He didn't have the ball in his hand. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying he was a spot up shooter. Yeah, he was a spot but, up shooter in college. Partway through his rookie year, he was. But then, like the, the back half, like when he almost like was like legitimately like starting to contend like for rookie of the year, and people started getting like started looking. Uh, it was halfway through his rookie year when we started noticing. Okay, Devin Booker can do a lot more things. He can put the ball on the floor. And then by his second oh, year, yeah, he, he was not off ball at, like at all. 
No, he could he could do I'm saying he could do a lot more things, but basically the last past couple of years he was operating like offensively as a point guard at times, as a primary oh, yeah. ball handler. This year he was primary. That wasn't his original game. That wasn't his original game. It was just because he was forced to do that more because the Suns lack point guards or they lack other guys to create their own shot. So getting Chris Paul there takes that away from Devin Booker, and then he goes back to his original game as being a pure shooting guard, just a pure go-to man, but not like the primary ball handler. And Chris Paul can operate that full-time. So I think you're going to see more efficient stats by Devin Booker because um, Devin Booker, if you notice, his three-point stats are not really indicative of how good of a shooter he is, but that's just mostly because how he gets his shots. But now when Chris Paul is there, he's going to be a 40% three-point shooter easily. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, also, one thing I forgot to mention, Devin Booker is also a complainer, too. I forgot to mention that he has been complaining often. Every single time they don't make the playoffs, he kind of just, like, complains all the time. He complains during um, scrimmages. There was that really famous um, him complaining that he was getting double teamed. <laughs> I know you're going to bring that up. No, because, I mean, that's, I that, that is that really, that, that's a real, like, what the fuck, like, nah. what's happening. I've I know, never I, know, seen that. I I agree with you. It was just that was the first thing that came to my mind when you said complainer. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind. It's like who complains about getting double teamed? Who complains about that? That's the dumbest complaint ever. I hate that. That that bugs the shit out of me. To be honest with you, um, but he is a complainer. Like he's been he he's been complaining for like the past like five years. He's been in the league, even though he's getting paid like one hundred seventy million dollars uh, over five years. But. Um, I don't know. I just think personality-wise, like, Chris Paul is a very specific personality, and I think that you've got to genuinely check your ego when you're around him. And I think that it could potentially be a problem with Devin Booker. I'm not saying it is going to be a problem, but it could be a problem. It could be a very serious problem, in my personal opinion. So what do you say Chris Paul's personality is? Is he kind of a complainer to you? I mean, not no, like complaining the way of Devin Booker, but no, he's more the guy a, that's just like will get on your nerves sometimes because he won't shut up. I think he'll get on your nerves if you're not doing um, what you're supposed to do. And also if you're um, if you're not gaming or if you're not paying attention, because you notice when Chris Paul goes off, it's usually because somebody's doing something uh, stupid or if you're not doing your job. That's usually when Chris Paul decides to go off. He doesn't go off randomly. And he's usually regarded as a really good teammate. But when you see him um, going off, it's usually... Not by some people. Not, not, by, by, some, some not people. by some. But I would say for the vast majority, I don't think that um, Chris Paul's tag has been a bad teammate guy. Besides Harden. Um, and that's Harden's fault, in my opinion. But... <laughs> Um, I'm about to say Glenn Davis, but I know, I know Glenn Davis is Glenn Davis. Yeah, Glenn so. Davis. Yeah. Austin Rivers... But Austin Rivers is also Austin Rivers. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. You, you made your point. Yeah. You made your point. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But, I, but I'll say this. I, I, I'm i optimistic, but that 17 points a game scoring that they just lost for Kelly Oubre and losing Ricky Rubio, I think that that's bigger than a lot of people realize. And I think that this team could definitely be not as good as a lot of people think. It Potentially. I don't think so. But like I'm saying, Kelly Oubre wasn't playing in a bubble, and they were still undefeated. They were. So, but who knows if that bubble thing was a fluke? Because a lot of people played that in the bubble. It wasn't a fluke. Uh, who knows? Devin Booker was literally unguardable. He was. He was. But who knows? Aiton stepped this game up. Mikael Bridges stepped this game Listen, up. Listen, before like, coming into the bubble, they won 28 games. 28. This wasn't a good team before Chris Paul got there. It's not like this team is... 
uh, was incredible. They went eight and zero in the bubble. Don't it was nice discredit the bubble Suns. I'm discrediting the them. bubble Suns to go I'm with the 97-98 Chicago Bulls and bring them to a seven game series. Everything that happened before the playoffs, I am discrediting. To be honest with you, Damian Lillard going off. I'm, I'm saying that. Um, I'm not discrediting Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. I haven't played two K twenty one yet, but. If the Bubble Suns ain't a classic team, then I'm boycotting. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> if the uh, Bubble Suns ain't a classic team. By the way, Devin Booker, horrific in 2K. One of the worst 2K players ever. So bad. Just wanted to throw that out there. Is it, is, is it like his uh, shooting form yeah, is like hard to master or something? It's so bad. He he can't pull it from deep. I don't think he has deep range Dead Eye Hall of Fame badge. His jumper slow. Not really good off the dribble in the game. Yeah, he's just bad. He's just bad all around. Don't use Don't it. want to say it, JC. Maybe it's just you that doesn't know. Wow. How to Throwing know. shots across I don't know. the podcast. I don't, I don't know. I'm Throwing know. shots I right know. now. What kind of? Deal? I have my hands up. I don't, I don't know. I don't. What know. did I do to I deserve this? I, I, I haven't. I have. I haven't played it. I haven't played it. But Shoot. well, I, I don't know. That could be a universal thing. I mean, it's Devil Booker now. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Um, let's go ahead and um, switch over to a different contender, a team that you actually hate a lot. You know what that is? I don't hate teams. Yeah. No, I don't hate teams. I mean, you sure hated the Portland Trailblazers during the bubble. That's for sure. Hated. I don't. You, you you say I hate the Portland. I love the Portland Trailblazers. What remember, are you talking I about? I remember you saying that they were one of the worst teams in the league. I I, I remember you saying that. And uh, worst teams since, in the league? No, I said worst teams in the playoff. Huh? Did you say CJ McCollum sucks in too? The, I think you said in McCollum the, sucks. Oh, okay, okay. Now, 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 now you're just talking. Now, now you're just talking. Now, I definitely did not say that. I did not say that. I, I did say they should blow up that team because that team is not contending for a championship with Lillard and McCollum as their backcourt. Because while fun to watch defensively, is not fun to watch. So that's what I said. That's what I said. I said they probably should trade McCollum and and put um Gary Neal Jr. As the starting shooting guard, because McCollum and Lillard just doesn't work. Did you say Gary Neal but Jr.? Is it? I forget. I, I know Gary. Gary, Gary Neal. Oh my from, goodness! From, from San Antonio, <laughs> I was thinking of Gary. I was thinking of Gary Neal. Oh Dude, my go goodness! Right, I just want to say this real quick. Shout out to Gary, Gary Trent Neal. Jr. Gary. Gary Trent Jr. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Gary Beal, that is funny. That the is wrong throw- Gary. The wrong Gary. The throwback name. The I wrong missed Gary. Gary. I missed 2012 Gary Neal, who was great in that playoff series again. Who, who did they play against? I think it was the I don't know if Gary Neal has a son, but it's Gary not it's not the one that plays for the Blazers. Hopefully so. his son has as deadly a jumper as his dad did. I hope so. It, but uh <laughs> it's Gary Trent's son. Gary Trent Jr. Gary yeah. Trent Jr. My bad. So slide him over to the two and then just plug. Well, I guess Robert Covington at the three since that's who their new acquisition is you think that that would be a better exactly role? but you know what they got covington so even without even without the one that i just think covington is such a great defender that they they, they i think there's i think they're good i think i think Uh-oh. they're good i mean not to win a championship of course but Uh-oh. i think they could get back to the playoffs so you know starting projected starting lineup right now we're looking at damian lillard cj mccollum uh gary trent jr robert covington and uh um, what's his name? Nurkic coming off the. I, I think that's that that's Mello a, doesn't get signed back. No, Mello got brought back, Mello? but Mello's going to be coming off the bench more than likely. And if he starts, Lord help us. Uh, Lord help I, us. I, I think I think it's going to be Covington and, and Mello. I think they like getting Gary Trent Jr. off the bench. I mean, I like that too. Um, and I mean, if that's their their move, 
this is a good team. This is a really good team, especially if it is some of the role players start to develop. Like if Rodney Hood kind of takes the next step. Um, obviously, I've been high on Nazir Little ever since uh, UNC. Hopefully, he becomes. Rodney better. Hood was good before his injury. He was, he was averaging good. fifty to sixty a game before that injury. Yeah, and also on top of that, they actually got um, Ennis Cantor back, and he's playing backup, which is what he's supposed to be playing. This team is rebuilt. It's 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 nice. They don't have. Um... It's so. Go ahead. I'm about to say, isn't it so funny how expendable the Celtics felt Ennis Cantor was? Like, they were just like, look, just get him off the team. They didn't really get any value no, back from him. They was like, well, what? We don't want him. Yeah. They, they barely even back. played him. Like, <laughs> towards the latter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder, is Ennis Cantor bad? Because it seems like everywhere he goes, he gets demoted and then shipped off. So it's like, is Ennis Cantor because... like, actually bad? We just don't know about it. I think, I think it's because like, it's not like 1999 anymore. <laughs> I think it's because it's not yeah. 1999 anymore, and he's not going to get 25 and 10 a game like he probably would have back then. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Maybe because it's not 1999 anymore. So, like, players like him are just like dinosaurs. <laughs> so, just having him on the floor is just is just food for opposing offenses when he's on when he's on defensive rotations. Yeah. So, like, you just can't possibly have him on the on your floor on one side of the ball. So that's probably why. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess he'll my, probably be third straight center here too. Who knows? Because you got my, Zach Collins. Zach Collins. Is good. Also. Yeah, Zach Collins. Yeah, good. Zach Collins might be the second straight center. I mean, he plays the four as well, but he probably be the the first center off the bench for Nurkic. Yeah, probably. So, and this cancer might be even third string. And they got Harry Harry Giles as well. Hey, Harry's not playing. Who might get some play time. Yeah, I'm out, I'm out on Harry Giles. He has some potential. He has some potential. Then yes. they got Derrick Jones. Yes. Then they got Derrick Jones. I just, no, this, team, this team might be yeah, serious. Yeah, no, Derrick Jones is legit. Granted, Derrick Jones is great in the regular season. Literally unplayable in the playoffs. He's probably one of the most surprising non-playoff guys that doesn't play. And it makes sense because it's like he can't do anything pretty much like at all. But um, great regular he plays season defense. Guy. He plays good defense. Yeah, he's oh, he's an okay defender. He's just an athlete. Um, but yeah, I mean, like off the bench guys, they have some. They have some pretty solid. I think that they're literally one piece away. If they had a like, if they had just one like legit fifteen point a game guy, like honestly, if they would trade for Aaron that's Gary Trent Jr. No, I'm talking Trent like Jr. another one. They need another guy who could get you 15, but is like willing to play the role. I think if they got like a guy like Aaron Gordon, that would be the one piece where I'm just like, um, all right, that team is. Isn't contending. Carmelo Anthony to that point where he's he is he's not Aaron 15, Gordon, but he's willing to play the role? No, Carmelo is still trying to not shoot threes. So I'm no. <laughs> I need a guy who's willing to stay on the three point line at all times and not had that random one play a game. It's I rather like, have a guy who. I rather have a guy who does that and, a, and when he shoots a three will make them instead of a guy who would shoot threes and miss them like Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Carmelo's not that great of a three-point shooter either, though, to be fair. But i rather have him than Aaron Gordon. Yeah, we can debate that. Yeah, we can debate that for a future time. I I mean, I'm definitely not on the Aaron Gordon trade as you are. I feel like he is overrated. I feel like he – if you're talking about just an athlete, like that is Aaron Gordon. He's an athlete. Not anymore. Not with those names. Uh, but yeah. But granted, I will say this. Maybe uh, Anthony Simmons or Simons uh, can take that next step. He looked pretty good at times uh, last year during the bubble. 
And yeah, it's the consistency the with him. Yeah, it's that's that's literally all it is, and I don't know why either. Because it's like, uh, this He's is young. The, he is He's young. Young in you're playing behind some great. Didn't guards. really have any post high school experience playing basketball. That is true. So. Yeah, he was drafted right out of high school. Actually, wasn't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah. He was drafted right out of high school. Yeah, but I mean, he's in like a perfect situation to like develop. You're developing behind like two legit point guards. I think that if he can actually take the next step, who knows? This team could this team could like legitimately contend. I think that this is like the, I think that this is the three C team, maybe the four C team uh, of the of the West. I really do. I think Lillard might be the scoring leader this season. If not, Steph, Steph Curry, yeah, if not Steph. Steph Curry, if not Steph Curry, if not if not Steph Curry, if it's not Steph Curry, it'll be David Lillard. But he's gonna be top three. Shoot, I don't know. Yeah, the the scoring leader odds is, is actually kind of interesting because I actually think Luca has a legit case of that because I know Chris Stapps is gonna go down at some point during the season. So it's like, how many points could Luca get? During Almost that guaranteed. Yeah, it's it is guaranteed. <laughs> it is pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, Damian Lillard has a good chance though, especially if he picks up where he left off, like during the bubble, just taking like five uh, thirty-six footers and making three of them. <laughs> and yeah, he'll probably not so little might be in rotation this year. I really, so. I really hope I'm right about him because I think he he could be an elite defensive guy. I really hope I'm right about you, Nazir Little. Please do not let me down. <laughs> Please, I believe in you. I think you're good. I just don't know if you're good because your coach won't play you. <laughs> Well, they never. They, I mean, look, Terry Stotts did the same thing with Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Simons their rookie years. They don't they didn't play him at all. Yeah, like he never plays rookies. He never plays rookies unless you're like maybe a Lillard caliber rookie. Yeah. He'll never play you. So, God, hey. I, I really think Nazir. So good. it might be in a rotation. Yeah, he has to be. He has to be good, especially around these guys. Like, if he can get that three point shot down, he is a legit like three and D. Because I I have not seen a guy who's as good defensively on the wing. Uh, I haven't seen anybody as good defensively on the wing since this uh, year. Little was in college uh, last year. Like he was, he was that good defensively and tr- terrible offensively. He was garbage offensively. I'm not saying that, but it's like defensively, just use him. Like you could have used him in the bubble last year, and you just didn't. I don't know. They don't use know. Uh, Wendy and Gabriel instead. Oh yeah, Wendy. Let's yeah, let's just get off. Who's this. also a rookie? So that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's true. But um, well, let's, let's do this. Get to uh, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, what what team you want to choose? What team you want to choose? I kind of want to talk about the Nuggets. The Nuggets. All I kind of right. want to talk about the Nuggets because I feel like the Nuggets had the most low key season ever, where they just didn't make any major moves besides um losing Jeremy Grant, um which is kind of huge. Um, but how do you feel about the Nuggets? Oh, like, that's, I'll, that's I'll really you huge. That is really huge. Okay, so you think it's losing huge. Jeremy Grant means you got to play Michael Porter Jr. more. So that is really huge. Okay, yeah, because I actually thought that that was a good move for this team. Unlike a lot of people, I, I think that losing you mean uh, losing? Grant, no, no losing I'm saying that's bad. Yeah, I say it's good. I think it's a good thing. Uh, no, because Michael Porter Jr. is like it's like a silhouette on defense. Like he's good on offense, but they don't need offense. They need defense. Well, here's the thing: and he is bad at defense. He is he is like a he is like well, calm down. A piece, You're a piece of so paper much. on defense. You can't be as bad as you're trying to make him out to be. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I watched him on defense. He's that bad. He is that bad. Well, yeah. Um. Well, now, um. I don't think they have any like legit defenders. 
now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't think they have any um, legit defenders besides Will Barton, but I don't even think Will Barton has Gary Harris. Yeah, Gary Harris. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, so in terms of wing, I I think in terms of like getting the most out of a guy, I think having Michael Porter Jr. not play, uh, share the minutes with Gary Trent is a, uh, not Gary Trent, sorry, I'm getting everybody's name mixed up, Uh, Jeremy Grant. I actually think that's good because now you can actually see, all right, how much can we get out of Michael Porter Jr. and how good is he? Because we, we still don't know how good Michael Porter Jr. Look, is. If you give Michael Porter Jr. 35 minutes a game, he could be a near, if not a 20-a-game scorer. Yeah, I agree. But I think he's a 25-a-game scorer, potentially. He could be. I just feel like he's just, oh, yeah, potentially, yeah. But it's just that I just think what he brings to the table is not what the Nuggets need right now. You think the Nuggets they need, need someone? Yeah, they need defense. They need a guy like Jeremy Grant. I just think that's a big blow for, for them. Where I did see this uh, being doused around the rigor, if they should look to trade Michael Porter Jr. because they know <sighs> Michael Porter Jr. has a lot of value. So they see if they could get like a next big star player. But they were talking about Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday already got traded, so can't do that. I actually kind of like that trade, oddly. Um yeah, I actually kind of like that trade, the more I think about it. But um, I don't know. I, it, trading Michael Porter Jr. is a really dangerous thing, right? Because it's like if you trade him and he hits, which there's a very good chance he does, then you're fucking stupid. But Is it he, a very good chance? Because he's still an injury risk. He is an injury risk. The but the he, He's young with back problems. He is young, and he does have back problems. But it does seem like and, he's getting more consistent with um, – but with the minutes, though, it does seem there like was a he's scout grade of, uh, randomly. Go ahead. There's there was a scout grade I listened to that said that it was like one of the worst backs I've seen. Like they they well not I've seen, but what they've seen and like draft prospects, Who like one that? of the worst like grades <laughs> injury grades. Oh well, I mean, um, I, I heard on the ringer. I heard on ringer. But said a scout said that it was like one of the worst like injury grades in terms of like his back issues. Well, no wonder he like they see the player. Yeah, no wonder he felt the fourteen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean all that's fair. All the injury stuff is is, is fine, and I think that to keep Jeremy Grant, you would have had to overpay him, which um, the Nuggets just. I don't think they can't willing, afford yeah, right now. Were, that's why they had to trade Malik Beasley. Yeah, plus they needed a four. They didn't know that um, uh, they also re-signed Paul Millsap, which I actually kind of uh, don't agree with a little bit. But, um, yeah, they had to make a choice of overpay Jeremy Grant and try to run this title and or try to rerun this title without Jeremy Grant and hopefully, uh, you know, kind of take this bet to see if Bull Bull could be that guy or if um, Michael Porter Jr. can be that guy. And I actually think that that's kind of the smart thing to do. Because now, if th- these guys take the the you know the right steps to being you know better players over this next year, the Nuggets in twenty twenty two are in a really good position to win the title. I don't think that this is the year where they need to be like boom or bust, kind of like Houston was um, the last two years. Or um, I'm trying to think of another organization that was like that. Even the Warriors, <laughs> the Warriors were kind of like in this boomer. Um, you know, let's dismantle the dynasty. The Nuggets are getting to that point in the next couple of years. I think that this is kind of a warm-up year to see where their guys are at. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I could definitely see this becoming, like, the next top team. 
how much do you know since you're you're more the draft guru, right? Mm-hmm. At least currently on this show until I until I watch more college <laughs> basketball. Um how how much do you know about Zeke Naji? Oh, Zeke Naji. Okay. So I know a decent amount of about Zeke Naji. Um he was kind of the guy that I like to say uh bringing him in is kind of like, hey, Mason Publi, you can leave now. We don't need your services anymore. That's that. That's kind of like the 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 Zeke Naji mold. He can do a lot of the same things that um that Mason Plumley can do, and um, more of a uh, he has a better offensive game. Not as good defensively as Mason Plumley, but he's much better offensively than than uh, than Mason Plumley. Um, bit of an athlete, um, but to me, he's pretty raw for 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 twenty two. I think that they probably could have got a different piece, but I don't hate the Zeke Naji pick like uh, like at all. Uh, for for Denver, I I thought that it was a good pickup, and I think that um, learning behind a guy like um, Mason Plumlee, I think that that's just gonna uh, make his game, and that he's just gonna be a role player for the next couple of years. I, I don't hate the pick; I just think that they could have that that was the pick to kind of take a shot at something. You know, that's how I feel about. It. Do you feel like I think? This player is going to break into rotation. It's going to be a very solid piece. Actually, How do you feel about PJ Dozier? I feel like um, before we get to PJ, before we get to PJ Dozier, just want to say this: I like the I like the fact that he said this, and now I'm rooting for Zeke Naji. Um, Zach, uh, this is from the Fort Morgan Times, so it's probably fake news. <laughs> More than likely, fake news. Uh, Zeke Naji said, "I want to be a lockdown defender." I love it when people say, "I want to be a better defender." To me. If you say I want to be a better defender, that lets me know that you're going to be an all star in a couple of years. So I'm ready for Zeke. I mean, Andy, Andy Edwards said that. So, 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 what do you feel about Andy Edwards? He said that. <sighs> Did he say that I want to be a lockdown defender or I need to get better? There's a difference. I want to be a lockdown defender. Touche. Touche. I need to get better. Difference. Okay. Touche. He, he kind of says that, like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be focusing on defense. Yeah. So you said, um, Who'd you say that you wanted me to to, to look at? Sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, PJ Dozier. So yeah, I was talking about PJ Dozier. Oh, he yeah. did make some flashes in the rotation during the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like defensively, um, he Not he's there. I think yeah he's one of the good perimeter defenders, and I like PJ Dozier in college. I felt like he was very underrated. I think this he's going to be one of the breakouts in the rotation this year. Um, he could be. He could be. Um. The only thing that that I'm kind of sus about um, about PJ is um, is his shooting. That that's that was kind of a big question mark of him coming out of college, um, because also not that big of a free throw. Uh, like he didn't knock down a high percentage. He knocked down like 70s in college, I think, but I'm not entirely sure. You have to double check me on that. He could they be. They don't need the shooting though. They just need the the size and that's true. Just the that's true. They don't ability to play defense. Yeah, they don't need it, but um, I I. I've been saying this for a while. Uh, you just got to learn how to shoot in today's NBA. It's just something that, um, you know, we're, not everybody can be Marcus Smart, a guy who can't really shoot it that well, but does everything else like splendidly. Not everybody's going to be that guy. So unless like you're an elite defender, you need to learn how to shoot. To, to me, at least that's, that's kind of how I feel about today's NBA. But this is P.J. Dozier's, what, third team? Is this his third team? Do you know that? Uh, let me go to basketball reference real quick because I think this. I is, think this is his. Well, at least this is the team he's getting playing time in. This is his third team. So he played in. Um, yeah. So he got drafted by OKC. Played in Boston. Now he's on Denver. So this is his third team. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that um, he could be that guy. I don't think he is um, as good of a defender as you say he is, um, or as you think he is, I, sh- I should say. Um, I don't well, think he's, he's that great. He's playing defense in the playoffs. He's playing decent defense. He was, he, he was decent. Um, I, I just need to see more, because the sample side, like even looking at it now, he only played 29 games last year. Uh, yeah, I just need, I need more of a sample size before I can give like an actual like solid analysis about how I feel about P.J. Dozier. I would just say get better at shooting. That's about it. Okay, okay. So last week when we talked about the Denver Nuggets, let's talk about R.J. Hampton. Oof, we both that. agree we love that pick love R.J. That Hampton. Day. Like we did say, well, at least you did say that R.J. Hampton was overrated if he was getting drafted at a lottery. Yes. At number 24, this guy has lottery, possibly top five type potential. Yes. So I think it's just an embarrassment of riches of good picks for the Denver Nuggets. And, yeah, you said you feel the same. Yeah, um, best drafting team in the entire league, um, I would say, at least. Something we both agree with. Something we both agree with. Yeah, best drafting team in the league. They just know, like, hey, if a guy has medical problems, let's just grab that guy. And if this guy had a really bad, uh, like, year overseas, let's get that guy, too. Um, Yeah, the the RJ Hampton thing, the thing that gets me – is that I didn't like him in the top 14. But the more I think, the more I thought about it, like after the fact, I'm like, why didn't I like him in the top 15? Because I don't like a lot of guys in the top 15. And if there was a year to take a swing, like RJ Hampton is a pretty good swing to take at because he's 6'5", borderline 6'6", probably the best athlete in the draft. Like, and I know that's a kind of a, like, insane thing to say when you had Anthony Edwards in there, but... Like, RJ was, like, legit athletic. He was legit. Swing guy, uh, at least in high school, he could shoot it. Didn't do that in the Australian League whatsoever. Uh, But he has a lot of potential, man. Like, he could be a legit 3 and D guy. He actually played pretty decent defense over in Australia. Um, Great wingspan. He could do a lot of things. But the thing is, and the reason why I like Denver taking him is that he can actually develop. He's gonna. We know he's gonna go to the G League his first year. He can, he's gonna develop behind a bunch of good point guards, a, a really good system that knows how to cultivate talent. Because I mean, I I always point to the Will Barton example. Nobody knew about Will Barton until he arrived in Denver. And look at his career now. Like a lot of people like Will Barton, and I think that in this scenario, RJ Hampton's in a really really good spot. But the, my question is, where is he going to go in the next few years? Because, like, you already got a good starting lineup. Where where does he plug in? Does he take over Gary Trent's uh, – uh, not Gary Trent. Uh, <laughs> Gary Harris. Uh, does he take Gary Harris' spot? I guess. Uh, he's going to be a backup. He's he's going to be a backup. They're, he's gonna, his he's, potential he's, is he's legit. He's going to have role. Listen, if he hits – He's going to have the Malik Beasley role. That is true. He could take over in that role. But – I'm. Uh, I mean, I'll say this right here, right now. Like, just how I kind of feel about Lamelo, even though Lamelo's ceiling, I think, is a lot lower than a lot of people think. But RJ Hampton's ceiling is like right up there with uh with Lamelo's. Not in terms of the passing, but in terms of his scoring ability of what he could do. Like, he could be a legit nineteen and eight guy. Like, he could be a, like a, he could be John Wall. He could be John Wall. But you know, it just depends. It depends on the uh, on what happens. Obviously, that was a dumb thing to say. Yeah, I mean that that just depends if he's actually uh, if he actually booms. Yeah, yeah. the more bust prospect. It just depends if he actually booms. Mm-hmm. But I say, you know what? We're gonna we are we talked about the West Con- Western Conference teams. Let's yeah, we have. Uh, 
let's wait till ne- yeah, let's wait till next week to talk about the Eastern Conference teams. Cool. I do want to touch about OKC, but we can we can also if you want we could also probably play push that back. No, because they're like the Yeah, I like I like OKC okay. a lot. I like OKC with let's talk about with OKC yeah. and the Pelicans because they all it's they're a, taking okay. all the draft picks. <laughs> they sure are. Yeah, twenty. I think uh yeah they didn't hear uh they didn't hear my um my. Uh, trading for 2027 draft picks rant that I had <laughs> on the other uh, the other podcast. Yeah, the, what they're doing is um, borderline criminal because these middle schoolers that are in middle school right now are that are draft prospects. They're just like farming these picks. I think it's very irresponsible for teams to trade this far out. Even, but even though he's not a middle schooler, it's just safe to say Bronny is most likely getting drafted by OKC or or New Orleans. If Bronny doesn't get taken by OKC, this was a failure. Can we agree? On that? This, <laughs> really? This was a failure. But um, yeah, honestly, I don't know how you feel about it, but I even like this team like now. The fact that they have like a shitload of draft picks for the future, I like this team going forward. Especially the fact that they got Shea, who I think is. I want to be very clear about this. I think Shea is the most underrated player in the league right now. Like he is going to have. A, He's only underrated by I think casual fans because I think like true. like real NBA heads and just people in NBA circles know how good he is, this guy he is. is. The, like he is winning Most Improved Player of the Year next year. Like he is winning that. That is his award. It's I don't know his. if that's even possible because he already had a big jump this year. Like, he was already, like, nearly 20 a game. So, like, how much far can he go in his third year? Well, so we'll think about it now because he's the main ball handler. So, his assists are going to go through the roof. And now – That's true. I don't know. Who's their second? I'm trying to I'm trying to even think. Who's their second option offensively? I don't even know who their second <laughs> option is. I'm about to say uh, Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, Maybe. Oh my god! I'm looking at this roster and like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who this there, there, there is no second option. There is no second. No, option. it's Roberson. <laughs> Trevor Ariza. <laughs> it's Roberson for there, Oh, Darius Basley. There, Darius Basley. I guess Darius Basley. Relax. Um, I mean, he, he was decent. He was decent though. So. Oh, George Hill. Maybe George Danny Hill. Green. If he doesn't get traded by that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe Nerlens. Oh, Danny Green is not on the roster. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, we talking about what? Yeah, yeah, Danny Green's on the roster. Isn't Danny Green? Danny Green's on the Sixers. He's on the Sixers. I thought he they got traded him to the Sixers for. Oh, do they trade him for again? More, yeah, and they uh, trade him again for more draft picks. Oh, I fucked up. All right. Oh, he's currently playing for OKC. What are you talking about? Danny Green. Yeah, Danny Green is playing for OKC. We're talking about D. Danny Green. Danny Green from the Spurs, the, Lakers, the one NBA that team. could not hit a bucket for the Lakers. First of all, he plays for. First of he all. plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. It says he plays for the OKC everywhere that I'm looking right now. Basketball reference has him at OKC. Any... Wikipedia has him at OKC. NBA.com has him at OKC. What? No, no. Yeah, he's playing no. for OKC it's... now. Yeah, he's playing for OKC. I don't know where you're looking. NBA at. scouts praise Sixers for making trades for Danny Green and Seth Curry. Danny Green's in. What did 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 this trade just not go through or something? I, like because they know. did basketball, definitely trade for him. Literally, go to his basketball reference place. It says that he's playing for OKC right now. Look, they definitely traded for him though. So like, I see where you're talking. No, nah, yeah, but 
Maybe, maybe because it's not official. I, I'm, I'm just thinking because, yeah, this probably not official yet because he probably just got traded. I don't know. I don't know. But he's in the 76ers. Who knows? Until he gets traded, he's, he's the second option on OKC. He's definitely in the 76ers. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. But I will say this, though. Um, a lot of young guys who all these guys, like Darius Bazley, yeah, Paolo, Ferguson especially. Uh, I, I don't Nader, I, I want to cut you off. But I want to get on this trade. Al Horford. It was the Al Horford trade. Sixers trade Al Horford and draft picks to OKC for Danny Green. I guess the trade didn't go through. Sixers traded a a lightly protected 2020. Oh, for the Sixers' sake, I hope it went through. <laughs> for the Sixers' sake. They're trying yeah, to get Al Horford out the, the yeah, team. Hor- so. Horford, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, that trade never went through. I don't know. That's weird. That trade never went through. Unless people, I mean, this was a quick off season, so who knows? I don't know. Unless they're not officially, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? By the it's way, it's weird. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trading it as, as Danny Green's on the Sixers, Al Horford's on the Thunder. Okay, so Al Horford, Horford is the yeah, second so option. Hor- Horford's the second option, and if Horford's the second option, man, that's a, um, that's a good second option. That's a really good second because I thought Horford got fucked in Philly. And I think he's still he good. Did. I think he's still good. Granted, now I don't know what Over you do. Over under him actually playing in Philly. Uh, who? Horford? Um, Al Horford. Yeah. Shoot, now that this trade, like, I see this trade everywhere. <laughs> like, I've been scrolling for a while. This trade is real. Um, I would say 50-50 because I don't know if the trade went through or not. Because everywhere else it says that nobody's moved. I have not seen anything that has said that these uh, trades are confirmed. So I'd say 50-50. So weird. Yeah, so weird. But actually, you know what? I would say it's a probably 0%. Because there's no way that um, – what's his name? Uh, who's the GM's name? Please help me. Uh, <laughs> Sam Presti. Presti, thank you. Um, there's no way Presti lets Al Horford stay. For the year, there's no way. Even if he has to like take on some really stupid contract, there's no way he he leaves Al Horford there. Because Al Horford ruins their chances of winning, and I don't think he's willing to do that. So exactly. I would say I would say zero percent. I would say zero percent. He comes back to, to Philly. Zero percent. They're trying to they're trying to get Cade Cunningham this year or something. <laughs> I hope. So. Yeah. I, now that's a that if now imagine that if OKC manages to get Cade Cunningham on this team, that would be. Just having two of the exact same guy. Image They're shit. getting Cade Cunningham, Cade Cunningham's future son with the draft picks they have. Like they're, <laughs> they're, they're trying to get everyone. They're going to get everyone. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I like OKC what they're doing, though. I mean, I don't like the fact that they're trading for draft picks that they don't know if the draft uh, is even going to be good or not. But the fact that they have, what, 18 picks in the next five years or something like that, something stupid. Ridiculous. Yeah. If um, I will say this, though. Imagine if they miss on those picks. Like, you stockpiled all these picks. I would imagine, just, but if, then it's Sam Presti. He usually doesn't miss. He usually, he usually doesn't. does not miss. And I'm guessing that he's going to trade a lot of those picks in order to get some talent. Um, but, I mean, they they look like they're in a good spot. And who knows? Maybe Pokashevsky hits. <laughs> Maybe Pokushevsky gains forty five pounds and, and becomes this great player. But um, but know, hey, if there was one team that could that that could take the chance on him, it was it was OKC. It, it was, was um, OKC because yeah. they had like five million draft picks. So like, hey, there if this one doesn't work out, oh well, we yes. got we got like thirty more left. 
Yeah, because if it hits, I mean, man, if Pokrzewski hits, I mean, you know, that was that was a steal right there. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I like what they're doing, and I, and I I think that they have a really bright future. Just do not let go of Shea. You already learned your lesson of like letting go of all oh, the superstars. Oh, that's not happening. Do not let that's go of Shea. Happening. Even he, if he, he asks for a trade, you say, there fuck you, you're staying here. <laughs> do not let him go. He's really, really, really good. You like, know, he's... Like, like, it's a second literally year. Literally say that. Yeah, it's a second year. Isn't that crazy? Third, third year. Third Is it his third year? Okay. Yes, yeah, third year. I mean, regardless, who cares, right? <laughs> like, who cares what year yeah. it is? He's incredible. <laughs> he's incredible. Like, he's coming off a 19-5-3 season. Even if it, like, it as a third-year player playing next to Chris Paul. Playing next to Chris Paul, of all people. This is a – yeah, do not let it go. I love oh, it. no, I mean, this is going to be his third year. This is going to be his third okay, year. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, it was his second year. He's only okay. played two years of league. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's in, yeah, he's, yeah, he's in – yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. I forgot the other team that you asked me about. No, I just went off on an entire OKC rant. Oh, the other the other team that has the, the all the other draft picks, the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans are good. I don't think that there's anything to say about the Pelicans. The Pelicans have Zion and Lonzo Ball. I, that's that. That's the news. Lonzo, is this his make or break season? I've been saying this for a while. Lonzo is good. <laughs> like Lonzo is actually like a good basketball but, player. But 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 his brother is like the worst player ever, right? His brother's terrible. But um, yeah, his brother's terrible. Dude, listen, Lonzo plays defense. Labello doesn't. Lonzo can actually shoot threes. Labello can't. <laughs> All they have that is similar is the passing ability. Work ethic. Lonzo has it. LaMelo doesn't. There's a difference. Lonzo was hungry coming out of high school because nobody knew about the Ball family until his senior year. Everybody knew about LaMelo Ball ever since he was a freshman in high school. And he's been put on a pedestal. And he had a Lamborghini for a sweet 16. Yeah, I want the guy who had it hard. Not the guy who's been cupcaked for this entire... You know he bought, Lonzo by the way? did not have it hard, either. He had it harder than LaMelo. He had it harder than LaMelo. He was still better off financially than both of us. No, he was still better off financially than probably all of the draft picks that were in the draft besides, like, Grant Hill. But... Yes. But I still want the guy who actually had to grind to get to where he was at. Because whether you like it or not, Lonzo had to grind to get to the number two player in the country. He had a grind to get there. Lamelo was handed that off the back of the Chino Hill season. He was handed everything that he that he got. I don't want that guy on my team because those guys who get handed everything, the same reason why you don't like Cole Anthony because he was handed everything, right, is the same reason why I don't like Lamelo because at least Cole Anthony had to show me something. <laughs> at least Cole Anthony was handed it after like his junior or senior season in high school. He was handed everything. Lamelo's been been getting his hand held forever. So yes, no, I do not think Lamelo is going to be good. Lonzo is good. I keep I go on like a Lamelo rant like two times every podcast. But Lonzo is yeah. Lonzo's legit. I think that the Lonzo Zion combination is really good. Now I will say this: in make or break season, I will say yes if Lonzo is like Laker Lonzo. But if he's Pelicans Lonzo, then no, I don't think that this is make or break season. He isn't a contract year though, so. Kind of interesting. He is so interesting to see how much he's going to get paid. I will say that. That's why I feel like it is his make or break year. Is because if David Griffin doesn't like what he sees, he's going to get traded. I mean, if and you gets... know what? I think if that happens, they might experiment with Brandon Ingram operating a point guard because Brandon Ingram is best when he's like when he's like more the primary ball handler when he has the ball in his hands. And I think that kind of got taken away from him when Zion came back from injury. So I think just having it an offense where Brandon Ingram's essentially a point guard might help both players. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually kind of like, um, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but I actually kind of like the ball in Zion's hands a little bit more than I do with uh, with Ingram. Because Zion, surprisingly, is a real Oh, I mean, Zion, I mean Zion's, a, Zion's a better player, of course, but he's a Brandon Ingram also, is also a talent, and you want to utilize, like, he's a tw- he was a 24-game scorer, so no, he was you want great. to make sure you get the best out of him, too. Yeah, so you just gotta find a way to get best out of two players. Yeah, I feel like this season for the Pelicans, um, even though uh, I even think even with Lonzo, because I think that there's a you know Lonzo is going to be a restricted free agent, so at least they can match whatever um, whatever he gets offered. I think he's going to be good. I think that this is a um, this is a f- interesting season for the Pelicans because now it's like, all right, how does Zion and Brandon Ingram work together? Do we bring JJ back, which they should? Um, have they brought JJ back? Actually, does anybody know that? If they brought JJ Redick back, because uh, that's that to me is I'm like inclined to believe he's. I'm inclined to believe he's still on the Pelicans. Okay. I could be wrong, but it still says he's on the roster right now. So yeah, but um, yeah, this is an interesting uh, thing to see, like how all these players are going to develop and and gel together. Because I honestly don't know how this team is going to do. Because if you told me this team wins 45 games, I would be like, yeah, sure. Because like, I think Zion's that good. I think Zion's that great. And I yeah. think Brandon is that elite. Because um, I think Brandon is actually going to take another step too. So if both of those guys take the next step, if they win 45 games, I'm like, yeah. But if you told me they win 25, I would also be like, yeah, too. Because uh, this roster, not the greatest from top to bottom. And they got Steven Adams. And they got, and they got Steven, Steven Adams. Adams. And they got Steven. And they got Kira Lewis. And I think Kira is yep. kind of a... As much as I don't like Kira, I think Kira works with Zion because both of them are just going to be running twenty four seven. So at least that is going to be yeah, a he's punishment. a spark, a spark plug off the bench. Yeah, so I I, I find this team interesting. Um, I'm rooting for Josh Hart because I'm a huge Josh Hart fan, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but I think that this team is a bubble play in team. It's a bubble play in team. That's how I feel about New Orleans. I say we just got to come back like 10 years later and do a podcast just to see how these middle schoolers um, <laughs> turned out for the Pelicans and and for the OKC Thunder. So, yeah, we just got to just come back 10 years later and we'll get to you with like the turnout of it. Yeah, I agree. And um, in the meantime, for the middle schoolers that are listening, just enjoy social studies before you get drafted into the NBA at seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And playing a G League, by the way, because you get paid. Please play. But. Or actually, NCAA, pay your fucking athletes. Let's do that instead of playing in the G League. Pay your athletes. Pay your athletes, please, for the love of God. That too. That too. So we're going to talk to you about the Eastern Conference next week. Yes. And also get to you for some more sport updates. Before we go, I do want to say, because we did say it, rest in peace to Diego Maradona. He did pass during this week yeah and yeah um for anyone who doesn't really know about soccer Diego Maradona is almost like the Jordan of soccer so just picture a player of that magnitude dying for the game it it affects everybody of all nations of soccer for Diego Maradona passing away Jordan almost like the Jordan well almost like the Jordan coat just I'm just talking about like like like, like a like a like uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good kind. Like he was like magic. magic. Yeah, he's magic. 
I'll give yeah, him like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Pele, Pele's like my Mike Jordan. Team. I can't, I can't say anybody's not Jordan besides Pele. Pele's it, it just depends if you're Argentina Marathon, if you're Brazil Pele. That's true. Like, That's true. It just it depends. Yeah, pick and depends. choose who you, whoever you think is better. But regardless, uh, uh, fucking legend, fucking legend of the game, and uh, yeah, to lose him, uh, it's tough. It's a tough 2020 is a tough year, man. They've been stealing legends left and right, and um, yeah, uh, you know. I feel like it was still a little bit too soon for Diego. So, uh, pretty sad news and uh, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Diego Maradona. And uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll be back with you next week. So, me and Shay, I mean, me and Shay, oh, me wow. and JC, <laughs> estimated November 23. I'm going to keep that in there, too. I'm going to keep that Please in keep there. It. Estimate November 23. And we're signing out. Lamelo sucks.